JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I am so damn glad you're here on a Friday. Week from today, we crack open for the first time on this show a tavern tour stop at the legendary Alley Cat in Broad Ripple. That's a week from today. That's a tavern tour stop, the first of 2023. Also combine that with a Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul tequila shots. And I'm telling you, if you're going to make one, if you're going to make one road show, the Alley Cat on Friday, which is a week from today, will be that show you need to attend. And you know what it's like. You know what it's like when I go out. You know, whether it's at Heaven Hill Distillery and Brent Halverson or, you know, our, our friends at Zinc and Bud Light, you guys know what that is about. A week from today, Alley Cat, Broad Ripple, Larcity Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots, and that is our first Tavern Tour stop. And we are st- uh, still taking those recommendations, by the way, too. If you have any tavern recommendations, it does not necessarily have to be in the area either. You got something, you got some place you think we need to be, lay it on us. And uh, we shall take it from there. But again, that is coming up a week from today. And I promise you a blast. Hey, last night was a blast. You want to know why? I say this all the time. And I get this from people all the time. And clearly, there are people that don't know me at all. If you know me at all, you'd know that I am not walking around as Mr. Negative. You know that I'm out here to have fun. Now, you also know that I'm out here to be completely hassle-free, which is impossible. But I am out here trying to be as hassle-free as possible. 
I mean, let's face it, I'm 53. I mean, I get hassled in my 20s. We get hassled in our teens. Sometimes you get hassled in your early 30s. But by the time you go mid-level here, 50, 53, whatever, in that neighborhood, it is time to shut down the hassle. Decrease the hassle. So I don't come on here every day with just complete willingness. I, I don't fall into that category. I don't know how people do it that just puke out all that political crap. Because ultimately, you end up saying stuff that you absolutely don't believe. You just do. You do it just to stir it. And whether or not you sound legit or you sound like a jackass, I don't know. I just don't know how those folks do it. But I can tell you this. I've constantly, as a lot of you have as well, I've been searching for some positivity. And let's face it, the Pacers provided a lot of that positivity so far. They were ahead of schedule. They were winning. They were fun to watch. Remember, the philosophy was to start the season, good losses, entertaining losses, enjoyable losses. It was entertaining, but they lost. Yeah, we got over that. Now, we may end up by fault here, an injury, getting back into it, but we got over that. But we're constantly searching for positivity. By the way, the Pacers in Denver later on tonight, that's not likely to get any better. I'll explain coming up. Tyrese Halliburton was at least at, I don't want to say a shoot around. He was shooting around, had a ball in his hand earlier today. That's why he went on a podcast and suggested maybe early February. That certainly is a lot of time between now and then. But hopefully it's not any worse than that. But I want to get back to last night. Last night provided... A very enjoyable, regardless. And I know you got Purdue folks out there. You got IU folks out there. uh, Most of which don't like the other side. I I do. I like watching Purdue play. There is nobody, and I mean nobody, I enjoy talking to more on this show than Matt Painter. Because all I have to do is text him. I said, hey, you got time this week? Yeah, can you do it here in a little bit? Yeah, we'll do it. Easy. The absolute easiest. And it's always incredibly enjoyable. I just sit back, ask a couple of questions, and that's it. But you got a very significant positive double dip last night. Because Purdue absolutely depends Minnesota on the road. You know, we were talking about this yesterday. uh, The impression that you get from Purdue's wins on the road so far and getting it done in those one-possession games That's like double trouble right there. It's one thing to get a Big Ten road win, which is incredibly difficult. It is another to get that in a one-possession game, like Ohio State, like Michigan State. We saw what happened going back almost a month to Lincoln, Nebraska, and how that thing went down at the end. So that's that's been impressive. Make no mistake. It's a one-loss team, one loss to Rutgers, but they depants Minnesota 61-39 and you know, set some records in the process. Or at least first time, when you start talking about the lowest points given up since like the 1940s when they played with um, a sewn up with thread, most of the time deflated basketball. You know, one of those things, it's like the scene in Hoosiers 
when Jimmy's out back of the school shooting around on that dirt court with that goal that's about nine foot five or eight foot seven or whatever. Remember that scene? I, it drives the scene drives me nuts because he's using a flat basketball. Doesn't that drive you nuts? Don't you want to go? Hey man, can somebody? Hey Angelo, <laughs> can any of you guys here? Can you put in the script shooting around an inflated ball? But that's what it was like back in the forties. So when you put up defensive numbers in terms of points allowed in the game that go all the way back to the nineteen forties, that is incredibly impressive. So that was that was part one last night. But it was part one that I think maybe not to that level, but it's part one that you fully expected. Braden Smith, 19 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Another road win. This road win was not a one-possession game by any stretch, but it's a road win. And then you kind of wondered about IU. Two weeks ago today, former Big Ten Player of the Year, Friend of the show, helped cure my snoring at the Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic. Brian Evans came on and wondered what in the world was going on. What was happening? Second half Iowa, Sunday game against Northwestern at home, that Penn State debacle on a Wednesday night. Actually, it wasn't two weeks ago. I think it was a week ago. Was it a week ago? Two weeks ago. Where am I? Do I need smelling salts? At some point in the past, he kind of laid it all out there on what you wanted to see, what you weren't seeing. And while you can certainly look at guys being down that should not be a significant playing at that level part of the problem, sure, it's going to play a role. But the way that they played at Penn State, for example, it didn't look so much like they were two players away from playing well especially on the defensive end. But we talked about that. He brought up some good points about that, especially defensively. And all these IU guys are getting mad and going back and forth on social media with folks, which is never good. But let me tell you, since that Wisconsin game on Saturday, I don't know what it has been, but this has looked to be a different group. And you can make the argument, Wisconsin without Tyler Wall. I don't know what Illinois is at times. At times, Illinois, you go, whoa, wait a minute. These guys are really athletic. And other times, last night, you think, who's coaching? Did they just, like, pull somebody off the street to coach these guys? And I'm not suggesting Brad Underwood's a bad coach, but do you just, okay, we're going to let Trace Jackson Davis go single coverage every time, and he's just going to whip our ass, and this is going to be us tonight. This is going to be our Wednesday night in Champagne. Let's go to Garcia's Pizza and get something afterwards. We're just going to let this happen over and over and over again. That was very reminiscent last night of the type of defensive effort that Brian Evans was talking about against the three-point shooting. You know, not going out, not getting in the face, not getting a hand up, and something that was really different from the outset of the game that you saw against Wisconsin last week, and I thought that it held true again last night. So some positivity, and it can come in different situations without a doubt, but some positivity last night in a double dip. You get Purdue, which is exactly what you expect, and then hopefully 
because I can't wait until February until we get to see the first of a couple of matchups. Hopefully an IU team that is starting to get starting to get this thing together a little bit. Again, now you can make excuses. Uh, you can make an excuse about everything. You really can. Not that they're valid, but you can certainly make an excuse about everything. I mean, Illinois last night, Illinois got some talented players. It just, anybody else sit at home watching that going, wait, what? Why don't they, are they going to send somebody? And maybe they did once or twice in the second half. And then once, I'll tell you what with Trace. Trace, in a couple of ways, reminds me of Miles. And you're going to go, oh, well, wait a minute now. And then I'm going to get some jackassery here, but no, hold off on the jackassery until you hear what I have to say. Both. And this holds true about every single person that ever played basketball. You have to go out there and you have to have the ultimate confidence. And that's how these dudes are wired. That's how these guys are built. That's why they play at such a high level. Make no mistake about it. There is such a huge difference between the basketball and maybe you and I see all the time and what these dudes do. And then certainly at the NBA level, it's stratospheric. But everybody needs confidence. Everybody wants confidence. Everybody feels better with confidence. And maybe the two greatest examples between an NBA team locally and IU's team in Bloomington would be Miles Turner and Trace Jackson Davis. When they have confidence, and especially early, look out because you're feeling good about that game being extremely solid for both individually. And that that ends up having a profound effect on both ends. Yeah, for Miles, he can kind of get it started on the defensive end, maybe get a pass or two, convert. If he gets some easy looks early, he's off and running. And the same thing with Trace. And what I noticed last night, especially in the second half, and occasionally um, occasionally you see Brad Underwood, he would send a double, not all the time, but occasionally. And at that point in time when he did, there was so much confidence riding in Trace last night, he was just like picking apart. Like bullet cross-court passes, bullet skip passes, out of the post, facing up some single coverage, and then going, driving down, doing some Mark Jackson stuff, back to the basket, driving in. A couple of different times. When he goes, when he goes away from his left hand, when he goes opposite shoulder, you can tell that he's feeling really good. And man, you saw that last night. If you can bottle that up, if Mike Woodson can bottle that level of confidence and consistent play up, yeah, not to the tune where you're going to expect 35 and 9, but it was nice. That's going to help everybody else out. See how everybody else has helped? Confidence last night you also saw. We'll talk to Don Fisher about this coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. When Jordan Geronimo... Stepped into a couple of early looks and knocked him down. I think he had a good second half. I'd have to look at the numbers for the second half. But his first half, he was off and running with that early confidence. And that also makes him better on both ends. It just does. When you're having fun offensively and you're scoring, you just look at defense differently. 
You don't mind being involved. You want to give that extra effort because you feel like you're owning things at that moment. That's what it's like. Man, being in a zone, if anybody's ever been in a zone, I don't know if I've ever been in a zone, but when you're just stroking it offensively, you're automatically, most of the time, unless you're a complete lazy ass, you're automatically, most of the time, going to be better defensively because you just get more fired up. You have the supreme confidence. And what you saw last night with IU was a much more confident team. And doubling back to what Brian Evans said the last time on this show, he said, hey, we hear about it all the time. We heard about it all the time with Bob Knight, the first five minutes of the game, and certainly the first five minutes of the second half. And man, he hasn't lied since, has he? Has that not been right on the mark with both of those games? After that disappointment versus Penn State, right on the money. And thus, with that confidence last night, Everybody around here got a little bit of positivity because it is few and far between. The football team didn't provide it around here. Pacers did. Pacers certainly in a rut right now. But you got a little bit of that last night collegially on a Thursday night, and there's not a damn thing wrong with it. You'd expect Purdue to do it. Again, maybe not in that fashion, but you would expect Purdue to do it. IU, on the other hand, trying to dig out of what was a hole that basically they dug for themselves. And the last two, given Hoosier fans a reason to feel much better. I'm not going to get past that. Michigan State coming in on Sunday. But you give Hoosier fans a lot more reason to feel good about it in the moment, in the now, than you did prior to the last couple of games. It's a good thing. Then the process, you spread around some of that confidence, which, I mean, let's face it, they're going to have to have until who knows about Xavier Johnson? Who knows about Race Thompson? You can't sit around and wait for these dudes to come back. I mean, you're just going to have to get on it and do it for yourself, whether you're Trey Galloway or Malik Renew. Or as I mentioned, Jordan Geronimo last night. Yeah, you're not worried about you know when these guys are going to come back. You help your team out in the now. That's why you're put there. That's why you chose to go to IU. That's what you expect from yourself, I'm assuming, at that level, being that confident. So go out and do it. The last two, this team certainly has. We can discuss a little college basketball, if you like, at 239-1070. I think, as they would say in the 70s, that would be groovy. That would be groovy. All right. The official board shows now 15, Eddie Garrison. How many of the interviews have the Colts either scheduled or had? I think it's 14. 14? 14 right now with Rich Basaccia. I'm not going to make light because he did a good job on an interim basis with the Raiders. You remember that a year ago. He stepped in on an interim basis. They went to the postseason. They came in here and put it to the Colts, helped knock them out of the postseason. 
So he's the special teams coordinator in Green Bay. But what it does tell you that clearly uh, Chris Ballard is going to interview anybody that's ever blown a whistle in the NFL. Who's next? Everybody. And I was on with Tony Katz this morning, and he asked me, what does this mean? I don't know. I, I have some thoughts. I have some theories. The first thing I said is, when you drop the cliche of, well, we're going to cast a wide net, then, damn it, you got to cast a wide net. That means you got to bring a lot of bodies to you, or you go to them, or you guys are all on Zoom together. Isn't that nice? If you're going to go ahead and float that cliche out there, you got to do it. So, okay, they're doing it that way. Others will suggest this. <laughs> this, this might be my favorite. That Chris Ballard so does not want Jeff Saturday as the next head coach and so believes that Jim Irsay is just going to supersede everything that he does and select Jeff Saturday to move on from the interim basis to the head coach coming up in 2023, that he's going to bring as many bodies in and talk to as many as possible. I don't know if that's supposed to, in this theory of yours, confuse the owner. Oh, wait a minute. Who are we talking to today? What? Who was this guy? So that might be my favorite theory that's out there. There's no doubt. This is something that Chris Ballard has to get right. And while it's a big deal, I will tell you this. I'm not going to say that I don't care if he doesn't get it right. But I will tell you, if I'm going to sit here and pick and choose, if I had the authority to pick and choose what I would rather see Chris Ballard get right, if he's going to go ahead and bat 500 on this, which I don't know what he's batting overall right now, but he's getting his seventh year, so somebody likes him, which is the owner, I would rather him get the quarterback right. I would rather him get the quarterback right. It doesn't mean we're not going to have an opinion on who's the next head coach. It doesn't mean I do. I said Dan Quinn. You know how many people are on board with me regarding Dan Quinn? How many of you counted over there, Eddie Garrison? A big, fat donut hole zero is what it is. It's me. It's me and Dan Quinn and Dan Quinn's family. That's about it. (laughs) Me and Dan Quinn and Dan Quinn's family. That's who would like to see him as the future head coach. But honestly, you want to see them get this right. But if I were going to be allowed to pick and choose, and really you got to get both of them right. Because I don't think you got the GM part right right now. So if you don't have the GM right, then you don't have the head coach right. I don't know if anybody's going to believe that you're going to end up getting the quarterback right. But that's the one that you really got to bring home. No blank. You got to bring that one home. So that's the one that I'm going to, I don't know if I'd call it worry. I don't know if I'd call it hand-wringing. But that's the one I'm probably going to focus it on more than even just this. That's the one you got to get right. That sets the tone for the rest of our lives here. I'm being very overly dramatic, but to some of us it may. 
That's the one you got to get right. So 14 in now, according to Eddie Garrison. And the Packers special teams coordinator is the latest. All right, 239-1070. I'm ready for some calls. You guys want to jump in, you can. So tell me this, Eddie, really quick. How much time do we have after 6 o'clock? I see the last words on the board. It's going to be about like five minutes. Five minutes. I don't know if that's going to be enough time for anything goes. Maybe it is. I haven't done anything goes forever for a variety of reasons. (laughs) You guys are all probably going, oh, yeah, I know why. So we may do that coming up at the 6 o'clock hour. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. Again, last word at 6.30, as Eddie mentioned, to Pacers and Nuggets from Denver coming up later on tonight, 8.30 pregame. That is a 9 o'clock start, the first of back-to-backs. And if you thought the other night in Oklahoma City was going to be tough, get a load of tonight. Is everybody playing for Denver? Do we know yet? I think so. I'll double-check. I think I saw basically everybody playing. So Porter Jr. was playing. Jamal Murray was playing the other night. Everybody was playing. Uh, the only player that's listed as, or there's two players listed as day to day, and that's Jokic and Murray. And Murray played the other night. Obviously, Jokic played the other night. Michael Porter Jr., I like him. He's got some game. He has struggled with injuries, but he's got some game. Murray is listed as probable. Jokic is questionable. So we're talking Jokic, Murray, Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Who's their fifth in that starting lineup? Contavious Caldwell Pope. Oh, Contavious Caldwell Nope. That was on Twitter. Somebody had a Twitter handle of that, and I thought it was genius. So if you're sitting at home tonight watching the Pacer game, whenever he puts up his shot, so this probably means he'll hit every one, make sure you shout, Contavious Caldwell, nope. There's your five later on tonight. That is going to be a tough one. Bob Lovell, bottom of the hour, high school basketball. Girls reaching the end of the regular season. Yeah, last Sunday they uh, did the sectional pairings. Into the regular season for the high school girls. Uh, stretch drive here for the fellas. City tournament going on. Bob Lovell, lad in college, bottom of the hour. Tom Deanhart, Tom Deanhart of Golden Black Illustrated is going to join us at four. We'll talk about the Boilermakers and what makes them so good. Didn't necessarily catch that last night in one possession, road wins, but what makes them so good in doing that? And then are we kind of aligning things here with Purdue and IU? Can I get my solid, incredible, fun Purdue and IU matchups this year? Talk to Tom Deanhart about that. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, also coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, thank you guys for joining us. It is always an absolute pleasure. Love having you here. The stream, the app, HD Radio. And I don't know if she's in the car right now. I may have to do this twice. But this this makes me get a little weepy. This makes me get a little dusty. But my sunshine, Lainey, is 13 today. So I officially now have a teenage girl. And the great thing about Lainey is, as of yet, she does not act that way. She is awesome. And I always tell her this. I say, you know what? You're always bright and sunshiny. You're energetic. You don't drain. 
You're energetic wherever you go. You just kind of lighten up the room. I said, you know what? We all need more of that. Just never lose that. No matter what happens, always be that. Light up a room. It does make me a little bit weepy. 13. Laney Lou, which is not her middle name. Belair Elaine is her name. But uh, Laney, I'm assuming probably down at CG. I don't know if they're practicing or what they're doing. Today is Laney's 13th birthday. I swear to you, I've been all over Hell's Half Acre trying to find Stranger Things stuff. Does it exist? Am I missing it? I, I don't know enough about it. But everything I can buy has got like really gross looking monstery stuff on. I go, you want that? <laughs> and today some woman said, hey, we've got Stranger Thing earrings. And I said, oh, yeah, great. And then I remember that she doesn't have her ears pierced. <laughs> I'm all right with it. Laney, happy birthday. Laney is 13 today. Doesn't make me feel old for sure. But I certainly am proud of my little girl. 13 today. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, Don Fisher still to come. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Happy birthday, Lane. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on. Yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. She's a laniac. That used to be my song to Laney. Laniac. Because she was a laniac. Couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go out to eat. What is the uh, barbecue place in the South called Dick and Jim's or Nick and Dick's or Jim and something? You know what I'm talking about? It's a barbecue place, right? Nice barbecue restaurant. Go in there. I got to go back outside and sit in the truck. Why? Because the Laniac is under all the seats and under the table. She was a Laniac. Still that bright sunshiny, just not the tremendous hassle when we're eating out back in the day at the ages of two and three. Outstanding. <laughs> Laniac. The Laniac. Uh, Katie writes this, JMV. Did you look for Stranger Things stuff at the Greenwood Park Mall at Hot Topic? Hot Topic. Spencer's. Spencer's, it's changed a little bit. Used to go in there and, hey, where's the fart spray? Hey, where's the fake dog crap? Now you go in there and, hey, where are the whips? Where are the chains? Where are the assless leather chaps? Where are all this stuff? It's weird. It's it's different now. But, yeah, thank you, Katie. I was I went in there today in some other place, and they are fresh out of Stranger Things stuff. Back to that in a second. The Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, staked out in Franklin, Indiana. It's our good friend Bob Lovell on a Friday. How you doing, Bob? I thought you already had the uh, the uh, chaps. I thought you already had the <laughs> well, one, 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 one can never have enough, Bob. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> one can never have enough. Yikes. I know you're going to be talking about that city tournament coming up this weekend yeah, too what's yeah. uh what struck you about it to this point anything well yeah i you know cathedral's really good and uh she had a great season you know they're, they're ranked ken rosen's doing a great job 
I love what Chris Hawkins does at Attics and Covenant uh, Covenant Christian. You know, you got four uh, solid teams, but it's a cathedral team that John legitimately can win a state championship again. They're that good. It's a different team, obviously, but they're still pretty good. Tell you, you come off the uh, the county tournament, which was last week, absolutely outstanding right. with those uh, semis, and then the final going over at Southport. I wish one of these days. I wish there was a way to mesh this whole thing, city and county together. I think that'd be a hell of a time. It'd be a great tournament. There's no question. Um, and it's, um, hey, I'm not sure. A lot of administrative hurdles to overcome. <laughs> well, I think, yes, I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be good. That is uh, way, way too much to overcome right there, without question. Well, yeah. But, you know, these are two – County and city tournaments back-to-back are really special. And I'm I'm in that camp of – believes that if it's not broken, don't need to fix it. So it's always always great. It gives us as fans – Two straight weeks of some great basketball. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and that's what matters the most. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night, brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana. CarX locations, CarX.com, to find the Joe Childers run CarX location nearest you today. So there's one, a big-time place, CarX-wise, over in, in Brownsburg, and in Brownsburg's got something going on hoops-wise over there, don't they? Brownsburg, we've talked about it before. I mean, C. Lynch is a tremendous coach. He's won wherever he's been. They defend you. Uh, skill-wise, they have some really talented guys. They have playmakers. It's a potent combination when you have uh, playmakers who can play above the rim, knock down shots, and then turn around and defend you. And they have all of those things. So they are, listen, they are a legitimate contender. There's no question ranked as highly as they are for a reason because they're they're very, very good. They don't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. And when you play them, you will have to – you'll work hard to get a shot. They'll make it very, very hard for you to do that. And the matchups go against you. They, they have some individual talents that it's very hard to match up with. So they're, they're very, very good. So Bob Lovell, who joins us, Ben Davis, Brownsburg, Cathedral, you know, Center Grove. We've talked a great deal about Kokomo. Uh, and I guess I would, all, I would call all those teams within our area. So if you would, the best team or two – that you have seen, you have talked about so far this season outside of of that type of, not just the Donut County, but maybe a, a little bit right. further out, a lot outside of Central Indiana, so to speak. Here, well, I mean, a lot of people really like uh, Al Rhodes' Penn team, uh, and and I can see why they're they're very good. Uh, he's one of the base. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, they're very good. Uh, they're, they're playing awfully, awfully well. Uh, I think one of the problems that, that they might have is, is that they don't play the schedule that Ben Davis and Cathedral and, and others do. But they've, you know, they're eleven and one. Um, they've got a tough matchup tonight with Mishawaka. Here's the maybe the best game in the state, John. Mishawaka Marion. I'm sorry, they're playing Mishawaka Marion, who's number one in three A. Mishawaka Marion's fourteen and one. Played for a championship a year ago. Uh, taking on Penn, it's eleven and one. Uh, so I, I, you know, I would start. Start with those. Those are two pretty good teams. Jennings County down south is thirteen and one. Yep, uh, they're, they're really, really, really. I good. believe their lone loss is Center Grove, right? Is that their it lone is. loss? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so you know, you you just there are there are a, those are a couple teams that I think make make a lot of sense, and, and uh, you know they're. 
it's kind of funny because you, you're, you're out there in Jennings County. You know, Mike Broughton uh, coached there for a while, obviously. They've had great basketball. But this is one of those years where they're putting everything together. Uh, Harrison at West Lafayette is 12-1, and one, uh, deserves some love. But uh, the predominance of the Central Indiana schools is strong in 4A and, and even in 3A. It's um, – you know, there, there's some really, really good basketball teams uh, all, all over the state without question. But, you know, we're kind of jaded here in central Indiana. There's some really, really, really good teams. Yeah, you, um, you, can, you can see some of these I teams. The North Davies story. Yeah, yeah you can see some of these teams catching a little bit of fire right now, too, Bob. You can see that. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, and you're starting to play. You know, you, the dog days of January are here, and this is when you have to really pick yourself up. And um, I just think it's uh, it's incredible, you know, what teams have been able to do to this point. You know, you played you know, 15 games or so. You only, you, you've only lost one, or you're doing this well. That's pretty impressive, quite frankly, because – this is one of those years where there's great balance all around the state, I think, in basketball. Yeah, I mean, especially you, you go further south, you, you know, the Jack Banner story that's going on at Brownstown Central, more than right, just a, right. a broken backboard or anything like that. You mentioned, I think, with good reason, <laughs> Jennings County and uh, what they've done so far. There are a lot of good stories. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight will catch you updates on everything that is going on. Uh, also, Final weekend, I believe, of the girls' regular season. You guys right, had right, the sectional right. draw on on Sunday, so it would lead me to this. Um, in 4A, is is anybody going to be able to touch South Bend, Washington, in your estimation? Uh, listen, I think uh, South Bend, Washington, is, without question, they're, they're really good. I think everybody understands that. Um, but I also think, that quite frankly, th- there are teams – uh, that can that can challenge them. I, I I think that it's a situation where um, you know playing in in three A for the last couple of years uh, they they clearly dominated uh, and um, they dominated for a reason. They they've been able to go out and and really you know talent wise um, they're hard hard for teams to to match up with them uh, on the girls' side. But I I just think that it's a situation now where you're playing some really, really good teams and you could be matched up with some some great ones. Now, uh, you know, Greg and I are doing it, obviously, on uh, on Sunday. Uh, It's an interesting interesting thing for us. But, you know, Noblesville, Zionsville, Fishers, you know, you're you're talking about, you know, these central Indiana schools again, HSE. Think about that sectional. You know, when you've got uh, <laughs> signs of Fishers, yep. HSE, uh, those are teams ranked in the top ten, uh, and they've been there. Uh, they've done that. Uh, I think um, you know, they, uh, South Bend, Washington might get a challenge uh, with Homestead, uh, Valpo if they play them, Lake Central if they play them. So there's some schools up north that don't make it an automatic uh, trip down to uh, play for the championship. But they're clearly, you know, it, it's a tremendous story. I think everybody understands uh, the coach, dad, you know, dad and his daughters and what they've done. They're 20 and 0 right now. And uh, they wrap it up uh, tonight with, uh, with Jim Tan. But um, I, I think, uh, you know, 4A is, is really, really uh, a, a tough class. Uh, you you got to give them credit. They've won two championships in 3A. Uh, the rank number one. Um, they haven't lost in a long, long time. They have uh, you know some tremendous players, and so 
uh, it will not be an easy thing for them to do because I think they'll get some challenges to some pretty good teams here in central, central Indiana. So, Bob Lovell with us. Before I let you go, uh, I want to give a little bit of love because I know you keep track of what UND is doing in men's yeah. basketball this year. And Paul Casaro, you know him very well. I know him very well. And the type of job he and his staff right. and those players are doing on Indy's south side so far this year. Well, I had the chance to get down there and watch him uh, Monday night as uh, Jesse Bingham scored his 1,000th point. Jesse's dad played for me at IUPUI, was an NAI All-American Hall of Famer at IUPUI. And, and uh, young Jesse at UND, they're good, John. I mean, the thing that I liked about them, you know, they, you look at them, uh, they, have, they look like a Division One team physically. Uh, big, strong, they've got great quickness. Multiple guys can shoot three. They defend you. Uh, they're, they're a well-put-together group. Paul does, as you mentioned, a tremendous job. Um, they don't have too many weaknesses. They have guys who can uh, get to the rim. They have guys who can knock down shots. A couple of big guys who give you a presence at both ends of the floor. Uh, tremendous schedule that they play. Uh, but they're, they're doing so well. There's talk about them possibly hosting a uh, regional round in the Division II tournament if they continue to play the way they're playing. So uh, you haven't had a chance to watch this incarnation of the Hounds. I'd encourage you to do it because they're fun to watch. They they come at you the entire time. No doubt about that. we got to get things fixed over in Terre Haute, though. That's been problematic as Uh, of late. Look, you know what? It's uh, a long year. <laughs> Conference play is really, really hard. I mean, really, it doesn't matter. Even though the Valley is not nearly as good as the Valley used to be, it's still a pretty competitive league. And so uh, don't jump off the bandwagon yet. I think they'll turn it around. But, yeah, they're going through those normal ups and downs that you have uh, whenever you're in conference play. And um, I think, you know, this is a, a weekend. I think they can get themselves back on track. But, um, John, again, uh, it, it, you know how it is. It's just a, a basket here, a basket there, a call here, a call there, uh, the difference between some things. And uh, more than anything, uh, you've got to – you can't – in that league, you have to be prepared every night and um, – you know, so it's one of those things. Can they get turned around at Murray? Murray's a tough place to play. They'll be there on Saturday. And uh, the Racers, that is one of the more difficult places to play at any level of college basketball. So, you know, if you're a team like the Sycamores who are struggling, this is, this is a wrong team, wrong place, wrong time right now. Yeah, closing the games have been uh, the issue That's it. as yeah. of, of late. There's no doubt about that. All right, tomorrow. Tonight, he's got you covered. Everything basketball-wise, everything sports-wise, you can check him out again throughout the Network Indiana-affiliated stations in the state of Indiana. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. To find the one nearest you, that's CarX.com today. Have a blast on the radio this weekend, and we'll catch up again as we get closer and closer to some some, uh, postseason some postseason one and done type of situations win and move on or win and go home with the girls getting ready to start here and not too soon so it uh it's uh, getting to be that fun time of year bob absolutely john absolutely thanks again for having me i appreciate it have a great weekend you got a bob level of indiana sports talk right there chad wrote this i'll set this up come back on the other side 
we got Tom Deanhart top of the hour. The reason why I'm going to bring this up right now, and I'll bring this up to Tom Deanhart at Golden Black, top of the hour, too. Uh, JMV, I don't know who called the Purdue game last night on ESPN2, but they made an interesting comment about Ethan Morton. Did you hear them say that Ethan could be a liability if he does not shoot the ball better? Your thoughts on the comment. I'll give you my thoughts on the other side, and I can tell you this. This is not at all what their head coach would believe. But we'll hit that. We'll talk about that with Tom Deanhart coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Purdue a winner. IU a winner. Pacers on the road against Denver tonight. Yet another interview for the Colts. Make it now 14. And uh, we'll get to that story and more. Don Fisher still to come as well on the 5 o'clock hour. 93-5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. My vision is to take this team as the first franchise to the Saturn Football League and play against eight-foot gargoyles that run 3-8 speed. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Best of the 90s next door tomorrow night. JMV takeover. I may roll out some patchouli and rusted root for you tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen uh, Rusted Root twice in my life. Anybody else? Uh, the mix of patchouli and marijuana scent is fairly profound. Yeah, twice. Because I went to two Horde, H-O-R-D-E, Horde Fests back in the 90s. One had Rusted Root, Lenny Kravitz, Blues Traveler, who else is a part of that? It's a pretty good time, really. Rusted Root is awesome. Or at least they were back in the day. Awesome. In concert. Now, Tom Deanhart's going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. Rex Hampton writes this. Is this just a big production for the Colts to say we searched far and wide and Jeff Saturday was the best candidate? I don't know about it being a production, but... Listen, that could be Rex. That could be the third theory that you could add that I can sit here right now and I'm not going to dispute with you that it's untrue. Because you can always say, well, we're just trying to make sure we get this right. And at the end of it, you don't care how many dudes they end up interviewing as long as the end result is they get it right and you don't find out that they get it right until they actually play again. We're in a spot right now with this team, whether you cover it like me or you're a fan like you, where it's going to take a lot for this group to work their way out of what we witnessed this past year. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, hey, wait a minute. All it's going to take is winning the game and everybody's going to be back. No, 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 no. You guys, in the past two years, you have been taken down two incredibly sad paths here. Everything in front of you. All you got to do is win a game, one at home or any game. The final two and you're in, you blow that, stink it up. And then this past year that, let's just face it, was complete and utter dysfunction. And a hell of a lot of embarrassment. So it's not going to be just one game where you go, okay, well, they're back. So I guess it could come down to that. So Rex, we could say, 
or in this case, we could say, you know, they're doing this because as an end result, they're going to swing back around and say, well, Jeff Saturday is the clear-cut best candidate here. Or they're going to tell you, we don't care how long that it takes because Chris Ballard's already mentioned the possibility of February. We don't care how many people we have to Zoom. We're here to get it right. Again, I want them to get it right. They better get it right. I'm more concerned about what they do in the draft to get the future quarterback right. Here, exactly. I'd just say, hey, Dan Quinn, yeah, Dan Quinn, the job's yours. Um, and I know, I know everybody's going to say, well, what did he do without Kyle Shanahan? I just worry about what he did when he was there, when he was winning. That's what I'd worry about. It's so easy to go, well, what did they do when they were losing? Well, some of these guys have never coached, so what have they done? So that makes them a better option. Why? Because they're not calling the plays right now offensively in Cincinnati. Get back to that coming up in a bit. Bob Lovell, Podcast 107.5, thefan.com, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher. In the 5 o'clock hour, his name, Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated, We'll ask him about that Ethan Morton comment from the broadcast last night and what he thinks and what he thinks about this Boilermaker team right now as well. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, Bob Lovell a little bit earlier. Podcast 107.5. The Fan.com. I sound exactly like the late Scott Weiland right here. Yeah, that's going to be a part of the best of the 90s coming up tomorrow night on B105.7. You guys can give me that, by the way, too. If you guys request... Uh, hashtag JMV Takeover at uh, JMV 1070. I'll uh, find a way to get those things on, man. It's all us. All us tomorrow night. And I think maybe once, maybe once or twice every couple of months, you get a uh, best of the 90s, or in this case, nothing but the 90s. Yeah, that's coming up tomorrow night. I'm sure some STP from CORE will be a part of that. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers in the 5 o'clock hour, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, where you can witness in all its glory this fantastic MTV T-shirt. Honestly, I don't know the last time I even turned it to MTV. Anybody? I can't even remember the last time. None of the programming I watch which I guess shows my age. Now, classic MTV, I'll watch. None of it. But you can see that. Participate, listen, watch. That's the lounge via YouTube live. Stream the app, HD Radio and 93.5 and 107.5. The fan on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, Golden Black Illustrated. He's a music man himself up in West Lafayette. <laughs> Tommy D, Tom Deanhart joins us. How you doing, brother? Hey, back in the day, the 1980s, for me, Headbangers Ball was appointment television, Yes, buddy. it was, buddy. Yes, it was. Well, look at the area in which you're from. I mean, it's Axel Rose area, <laughs> Shannon, the late Shannon Hoon's area. Yeah. Is that Izzy Stradlin's from there, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Izzy Stradlin's two guys, Lafayette Jeff guys. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, so, so uh, Axel and Izzy were Lafayette Jeff dudes? Lafayette Jeff. I think Shannon Hoon was McCutcheon Matt. Yeah. 
Now, 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 would Izzy and and Axel be the? How should I put this? The uh, the most notable of the former Lafayette Jeff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, where where is that list? What does that list include? Just, I mean, notable graduates overall. Yeah, nor, yeah. I, I, I stopped short of saying they graduated. I don't know if they did or not, but yeah. We'll, we'll say attended. How about that? Attended. Yeah, yeah. Walked the halls for a point in time. Yeah. You know, there can't be anybody bigger than Axel Rose. My goodness. You know, but you know who did go there? You can appreciate this, John. Who's that? Richard Aphis, otherwise known as Dick the Bruiser. No way. I didn't know Dick the Bruiser went to Lafayette, Jeff. Dick the Bruiser, pretty sure you may, want to, you may want to get your research crew on that, but I'm pretty sure Dick the Bruiser, Lafayette Jeff Bronco, my friend. That is awesome. Everybody in Indiana knows who Dick the Bruiser is, of course. I'm going to tell you, there were no better days than getting up on a Saturday morning and watching Dick the Bruiser and Bobo Brazil and that group wrestle at some <laughs> Indiana armory. You know what I mean? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Bobo Brazil. Boy, you're taking me way back. Yukon uh, Moose Cholock. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, there was. There was one. Yeah, Yukon Moose Cholock, and there was. Uh, oh man, not Kink. I'll think of some other guys. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I'm like, sometimes they go back on YouTube and just watch old wrestling. Uh, you know, stand up promos and whatnot. Just I, 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 don't, I don't laugh any harder. And when I'm watching those things, it's a lot of fun watching the characters. Well, when when you get that too on YouTube, you'll also note that if it's out of Indianapolis in Channel Four, it'll probably catch some of the old school commercials of Bill's unclaimed freight and you know Chuck Callahan Ford, I believe, is what it was, and some of those old school, you know, the whole Don's Guns commercial back oh, in the yeah, old. Don, you you will catch Don. all of those commercials at some point in time. It's pretty special. There was always a guy, you probably don't remember, a light heavyweight boxer named Marvin Johnson. Oh, yeah. In Athens, and he was a champ for a while. He used to endorse some car dealership down there. But, yeah, the Don's Guns. And there was another guy he used to always say, there was a car guy who would always go, nobody. Yeah, that's Chuck Callahan. The Chuck Callahan yeah. Ford, I thought, what that okay. was. So, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's some good advertising, if I remember that 40 years later. <laughs> No, but seriously, I had no idea Dick the Bruiser attended Lafayette Jeff. That is that is pretty awesome. That might be the only name you could come up with that would get close to Axel Rose or Izzy Stradlin. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about Axel Rose. He's one of the greatest rock figures ever, isn't he? Is, 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 that, is that an overstatement on my part? No, 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 no. As far as, I mean, as far as lead rock lead guys? No, he's yes. He's uh, he's certainly upper tank. He is upper tank. That band took us from the 80s to the 90s, sort of a bridge. That's when getting tattoos became cool. And all that mushy, mushy Cinderella, white lion, white snake stuff, there's too much of it. And here comes Guns N' Roses, about 1987, 88, and bam. That that really kick-started and changed heavy metal and then kind of took us into grunge. I don't know what was better for them, though, because they, they kind of all jacked around and couldn't get along and couldn't get things yeah. restarted again. If that was better for them, because everybody at that point in time was going to get swallowed up by anything alternative at that moment, whether it was Nirvana or Pearl Jam or Soundgarden or Alice in Chains, all that stuff was going to get swallowed up. And it didn't. Um, it just kind of disappeared 
um, because of the infighting that went on in the band. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Just, I've always thought about that anyway. Hey, last night on the broadcast, it was brought up regarding Ethan Morton that, you know, I, I don't know if it was put in these terms, but I'll paraphrase it here. The Achilles heel would be Ethan Morton if he doesn't knock down wide open jump shots that clearly he's going to be given that could be the biggest problem for Purdue would you view it that way yeah I mean I, th- I think that's one of them I, I, I think it's hitting shots period no matter who you are Fletcher Lawyer Ethan Morton uh, even Mason Gillis uh, uh, and, and to an extent Caleb first because we all know the poison most teams are going to pick facing Purdue is going to be trying to double down on Zach Eady and uh, that that's going to create some open looks is Purdue hitting its shots? Well, it's going to be hard to beat if it is, right? But if they're not hitting their shots, things get dicey. Now, I'm going to say this, too. It always seems like every year in March, Purdue's going to face these uber-athletic teams. Right. And the way it gets down to containing the dribble on defense. Can't Purdue contain the dribble? So, uh, you know, that's, that's, to me, that's always going to be a – Something to, I'm going to keep my eye out for in March is that ability to defend super athletic teams that can really work you off the dribble and attack the basket and shoot. And, and you get a short time to prep, and then you get 40 minutes to go out there. And you know, if somebody has got it going, you got to find a way to get it stopped. I, I would agree with you on that, on that defensive side of the basketball in the backcourt. And that's nothing against you know Lawyer or Smith. Or anybody like that, but yeah, that that can catch up. If you look at some of these upsets, you know these, um, you know these, you know fourteen three, whatever upsets we're talking about, big number, small number upsets. Oftentimes, it's coming down to just incredible three point shooting, but it certainly always is about the guard play, and that's yeah. what's going to be key when you look ahead to March. Yeah, being being able to create your own shot off the dribble in particular. And uh, that, that's always key when the shot clock's winding down, that creativity uh, of your backcourt. So that's certainly going to be something, like, like I said, I'm going to be watching. And, and you know, this is a pretty impressive stretch for Purdue, right? Four of the last five are on the road. Uh, they went 5-0. and I think they're 5-0 and overall in the Big Ten on the road. 7-1 and in the league. They come home to play Maryland, I think, at noon it is on, on Sunday. And here we go, right? Now, look at the schedule. I mean, it hasn't been a super murderer's row. Um, they played Nebraska and Minnesota twice already. They did win at Michigan State, which was big. And I'll tell you what, any win at Ohio State's impressive. And they got the win in the Palestra. But they still got, obviously, Indiana twice. I know Indiana's struggling, but it's still Indiana. And they've got Illinois at home. they got Iowa at home. they got to go to Wisconsin. They have to go to Michigan, I think, right after Maryland. So, well, I guess what I'm trying to say in a real roundabout way is there's some interesting heavy lifting left. No, and you're right about that. Tom Deanhardt of Golden Black Illustrated joins us. But I mentioned this a little bit earlier with regard to Indiana. Um, they they have started to to get this thing kickstarted again. You know, from you know Wisconsin and then last night in in Champaign, getting that mm-hmm. road win. We'll see where they go from here but it to me whatever makes the 4th of february in that that first meeting more interesting with that matchup i think the better so hopefully you know iu can continue that particular path but you bring up late game situations tommy d and on the road and it's tough enough to win on the road in the big 10 anyway we know that but then they've been winning up until last night they've been winning road games in one 
possession situations, which mm-hmm. is even more difficult. What has impressed you about that asset that they've held so far this year? Freshman guards, right? I mean, I was thinking back to the summer um, when all the NIL, NIL stuff really bubbled up. Remember, remember Nigel Pack, John? Oh, yeah. Nigel, remember, remember the my, Nigel Pack drama, Indianapolis kid? Looked like he was headed to Purdue for sure, and all of a sudden Miami swoops in with the $400,000 a year offer, and he's gone. And, oh, my God, Purdue's going to have to rely on Braden Smith, really? A true freshman point guard in the Big Ten. How, how's that going to work out? All the hand-wringing. Well, here we are, right? I mean, who could have envisioned him playing at this level as, what, an 18-year-old? It's been unbelievable. Lawyers obviously been great, too. But two freshman guards, true freshman guards, at this level to play like they have on the road in the Big Ten in those conditions with that pressure has really, I think, been the biggest eyebrow raiser. Have you happened to check the uh, Nigel Pack numbers? Just out of curiosity, I bet they're not good. Well, what are they? Um, yeah, eleven six a game, um, in seventeen games so far for Miami. I think, I, I think they got a good, got a good team though, don't they? Well, you know what? What he was at, he was at Kansas State, right? I mean, at Kansas State. If you watched them the other night, they're hell, they're enjoyable to watch too. Right, they're really, they, they've been one of the best stories in college basketball this year. You're right with, with Jerome Tang, but yeah, great win, and yeah, you're right. So, I don't know. It's, 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 it's been a fun storyline, that backcourt. And then the fact Edie is able to play 30 minutes at that size and hold up. And can you, I can't figure this out. He's not fouling people. Well, not yes. Exactly. That's what a great segue. Because I'm curious. Because we've always talked about him not getting the benefit of a solid whistle. Is he getting a solid whistle? Do they Are they learning how to to call it better for him? What, what, what's what's going on with that? Because that is a compelling storyline not many folks are talking about. Usually you get one of those games rods. Zach Eady got two quick fouls. He had to sit for 12 minutes in the first half and Purdue couldn't come back from the deficit. That hasn't happened. I have no idea. Um, if, if it's maybe, maybe it's the referee's unknowing bias. This is Zach Eady. Um, maybe Painter's been in the year to let this guy play. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't watched everything closely enough to figure out how he seems to avoid foul trouble all the time. It's been a godsend, obviously. I think he's got more blocks than fouls he's committed this year, some crazy stat like that. So, yeah, it's just been a, one of the most surprising seasons I can recall in Purdue history. I, I go way back to uh, 1983-84 when Purdue was picked last in the Big Ten, and they won the league that year with Jim Rowinski and Matt Gaddis and those guys. Uh, just an uncanny season, and, and here's Purdue, a team that wasn't even ranked in the preseason, picked about, what, fourth or fifth in the Big Ten? And here they are, flirting as one of the best teams in America. You know, it's funny. You look back the past two, last night in 27 minutes, and then you go back to, to Monday afternoon on the road in East Lansing, back-to-back games, Zach Geedy, zero fouls. That's unbelievable. How? Zero. <laughs> Mr. Blutarski, 0.0. That is amazing. It is. Fat, dumb, and stupid is no way to go through life. You know what? Do you remember, and I don't know if this still holds true, but I remember, uh, and and maybe this is just like a Southern Indiana saying for basketball back in the day, but I remember people, coaches saying, you know what? If you don't have any fouls, you're not playing that hard. I'm sure... (laughs) 
<laughs> I never really understood that, but that was uh, said to me more than a couple of different times. Clearly, he's playing hard, but oh, yeah. that is, for the last two especially, that's an amazing stat. Yeah, that is amazing. I, I didn't even realize that. And I've, I've got a question for you. Okay. Who, who do you think the second best team in the Big Ten is? Oh, man. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah. I... I, that's a, that is a tough one right there. I would probably, <laughs> I would probably. Is it cool if I say Rutgers? I don't know. I don't. I know. I know they got beat, but still. I, yeah, I mean, in, I yeah. agree. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that pick. It's just they. 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 And I don't know if I would pick them to go, for example, far in March. But man, in a Big Ten game, when it comes down to the end. With that cast that they have, that seemingly has been there forever, yeah, they'd be tough for me at least. They'd be tough for me to vote against. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I would agree. I love Pykele. Tough team can defend, athletic, and know their roles. Really impressed a lot of people when they went into Mackey a few weeks ago and and knocked off Purdue, the number one team in the country for the second year in a row. So, yeah, just. Uh, Incredible to think where that team is at with Eddie Jordan a few years ago and what Pykele's done with it. Well, what's funny um, about this whole thing is we, we've seen ample flaws with everybody but Purdue. Yeah, you know, everybody's going to hit adversity at some point. Purdue's going to hit their bump, you think, at some point. Like I said, there's some tougher games coming. They, they do kick breaks, I think, with the only with the single plays. I know Illinois and Iowa aren't super great, but they only play Illinois and Iowa once, and that's both in Mackey Arena. So that helps, I think. And uh, they only play Michigan once, but it's in Ann Arbor. And the Wolverines been up and down, too. So, again, the schedule benefits them. But you do wonder at some point in life, I don't care who you are, you're going to have adversity. How do you respond to it? So uh, they've been healthy so far, and they haven't hit any dry spells. So it's been a, a real magic carpet ride to this point. It has. But, no, seriously, that second-best team in the Big Ten that is a wide-ass open debate to have right there, if you wanted to. And even with Rutgers losing uh, to Michigan State, uh, but Michigan State lost at home to Purdue on Monday, yeah. you can make, I, I think, a lot of lot of compelling arguments about anybody, really. It, it seems like a, just a kind of a good league. Man. Not, not a great league. Um, you kind of wonder in the end how many teams are going to get in the tournament. Um, and is Purdue really going to finally punch his ticket to the Final Four? I don't know, but again, uh, you wonder how good the league is overall in retrospect to everybody else. Tommy D., you have your finger on the pulse of the Boilermaker fan base, without question. Um, in all this, they they love it, they're enjoying it, but how much do they eyeball what actually takes place into the depth of March compared to what's going down right now? Oh, you go on the message boards, you're already talking about who we don't want in our bracket or in our region, you know? Potential <laughs> <laughs> number two seeds could be. I mean, that, that, you know, fan, fans are fans. They enjoy the speculation, but yeah, there's, there's already people, of course, not not being able to live in the moment. We always want to look ahead. You know, what's going to happen in March? Being all of the tournaments, the way a lot of people define your college basketball season, right or wrong. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, a lot of fans are already looking to that because, as you know, we talk about it every time. It seems like 1980, Market Square Arena. Joe Barry Carroll, Purdue, last time they were in the Final Four with UCLA and Iowa and Louisville that year with the Doctors of Dunk and Daryl Griffith. So it's been over 40 years now. And Was uh, that Iowa and Kevin Boyle and Ronnie Lester? 
Exactly right. Oh yeah. yeah, those are those were good old days right there. That was one of the last years they had a third place game. Iowa played Purdue in the third place game. I think Purdue won. And Kiki Vandeway was UCLA's guy. And do you remember who UCLA's coach was? Walt Hazard. Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Darn it. <laughs> oh. Peripatetic Larry Brown, one of his myriad stops. Man. Along his Hall of Fame career. So, yeah, we'll see. Look again, everybody sworn was about March. And, of course, last year, St. Peter's, John. Yeah. All you got to do is beat the Peacocks. And what you're in the Elite Eight against North Carolina. So that was a tough pill to swallow. And that was with, John, a lottery pick on your roster, as well as trading on Williams. I don't know. I don't know if the fan base could take that. Something like that again, could they? Purdue fans have seen a lot of bad meltdowns in, 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 in March, and that had to be right up near the top. Uh, to lose that game to that team um, with that player, you know, that lottery player on your team, you think he could put you on your back and, and will you do a win over St. Peter's. It didn't happen. So, yeah, that was and – and in the annals of Boilermaker angst – that, that, that loss last year had to rank right up there. There's, there's a reason why there's angst there. I mean, it's not just all of a sudden we're trying to, you know, dig up something negative. There's some reason why there there would be some angst. Hey, Tommy D, before I let you go, Tom Deanhart of Golden Black Illustrated is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. It has been widely discussed as of right now that Zach Eady would be the lead in the player of the year candidacy. Um, do you think he is the lead dog there? And uh, who else do you think could be in that particular neighborhood at this point? I don't know. I, 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 I think he probably is the lead guy. Um, when you look at um, Jalen Wilson of Kansas was the one that popped in my head because of the 30-point effort he had at Kansas State the other night. I don't know what his numbers are this year. What the Sasser kid from Houston is another one. I, it's funny. I know people talk Trace had a 35-point game, and I'm not talking about player of the year, but within the Big Ten, Trace yeah. had that 35-point game. Uh, Chris Murray has been playing really well at Iowa, so there are some dudes I think you can talk about, yeah, at least at the Big Ten level, within the Big yeah. Ten at the top of that list right there. Yeah, I, I've seen debate with, with, with Zach and, and, and Trace as far as being the Big Ten player of the year. So it's far from over, but he's obviously in, in the conversation. We're already seeing mid-season All-America teams being produced, and of course, Zach Eady's on it. He's gotten a lot of publicity. He already had pretty good name recognition coming into the year. He's, he's a great story, a great storyline on one of the more probable teams this year. So if, if, if they can march to a, a Big Ten championship, a number one seed, who's got two or three losses heading into the tournament, you know, it's going to be large because of Zach Eady's dominance. So he, he, he's got to be the you know at least one of the front runners, if not the front runner. It's uh, Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated. Uh, how are things? Everything quiet on the uh, football front right now? Before I let you go, yeah, you know nothing big. You know the transfer portal closed up January 18th. Um, they they brought four transfers in. Probably going to start spring football later than Jeff Palm did, not till after spring break and probably mid March or so. But yeah, still you know it's the honeymoon, John. It's the honeymoon, buddy. And it's going to last till what? Kickoff in September for, for Ryan Walters. He's got his staff in place. Made his last last hire. For, hired a former Boilermaker to coach running backs. So he's got his assistant coaches and trying to finish up recruiting because February first is the second high school signing day across the country. Purdue's hoping to ink that kid from Indy from Cathedral High School, the defensive tackle uh, Gilbert. And we'll see what happens there, too. Hey, by the way, Bill Bailey is the Bill real Bailey. name. 
yep. of uh, Axel Rose. What's Izzy Stradlin's real name? I'm assuming at, at Lafayette Jeff, his name was not Izzy Stradlin. Uh, his last name is Isabel, like I-S-B-E-L-L. I think it was Jeff Isabel. I know his last name was Isabel, I-S-B-E-L-L. Google that. I'm sure he's got a Wikipedia page with his real name, but I, I know his last name is Isabel. I think his first name is Jeff. He's supposed to be a really good dude, too, by the way, from what I've heard. Somebody always told me he'd been, he's been back in the Lafayette area for years. Hmm. So I'm not sure about that. But it's funny. I still get out that, that Appetite for Destruction album every, every few months. And boy, there, there's some deep cuts on that that never get played. And you always forget about this. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, I always, you know, when it, when it, in, in terms of uh, drug use, I always pull Mr. Brownstone out of there, you know. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, in terms of women squealing in the background being pleasured, there's Rocket Queen. I you know play that, so it's all good. It's unbelievable. You're right. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could be part of your '90s party. You got me thinking. My only two fun bands from the '90s. Yeah. Ugly Kid Joe was right up there, my friend, and one of your favorites, Jackal. Oh, Jackal! Jackal. What's his you name? Jesse Jesse James something or other. What was his name? <laughs> Jesse James Dupree. Dupree, yes, Jackal, and uh, get out the first Jackal album. You won't, you won't ever regret it. It's always great to go back and listen to that. I hate everything about you has been played on a '90s JMV takeover before, but I refused to play. Remember they they redid they covered Cats in the Cradle, yep. and I refused oh, yeah. to play that because that song makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a little tear jerky, right? But that's a fun <laughs> one to get that very first. I think it's called America's Least Wanted. That very first Ugly Kid Joe album. And, and give that a sense. It's hard to believe that stuff's 30 years old now. Yeah, that kind of hit that right. It's it's weird. They hit that in a weird spot, kind of like um, um, who am I thinking of? They did Epic right now. Um, kind of hit that in the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about with the flopping fish. They, they, the they hit that. They hit that they, in they, a, they, a faith, weird spot. Faith no more. They hit that in a weird spot too. Like EMF. Like a you know supposed to be this garage band. They kind of hit that in a weird spot and only had one tune. So there you go. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's fun to think and go back and you forget about you forget, you forget about so many songs and an artist over the years. Uh, it's fun when you, you you get some triggers there and you can remember them. Be listening tomorrow night, Tommy D. I appreciate you more than you know. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. Be good, buddy. Uh, Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. In depth on Purdue right there. Hope you enjoyed that. JMV, Izzy is my second cousin, and yes, his name is Jeff Isabel. He was on the West Coast for years. I believe he is still there. I had heard, Rat King Sports, that he is a really good dude. I don't know that to be true. I've never met him, but that's what I've heard. I mean, you hear all these stories about Axel Rose, but I'd heard that, uh, that Izzy Stradlin was a good dude. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, top of the hour. What a win on the road in Champaign, and what a game. 35 in all, 35-9 and nine for Trace Jackson Davis last night in Champaign. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, top of the hour. 93-5-107-5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! All right. <laughs> 93-5-107-5, the fan. Eddie Garrison is here. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. A week from today, first time we've ever done a live show at the legendary Alley Cat and Broad Ripple. That's a tavern tour stop 
Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, postseason Brent Halverson betting analyst combo platter. So week from today, the Alley Cat, we're going to be in Broad Ripple. So join us there. Again, Tavern Tour advice, if you have any whatsoever, either advice or a place that you think absolutely deserves the recognition of a Tavern Tour stop. Had a lot of first-time places last year. Sam Silver Circle last February. The Whistle Stop, south side of downtown here by Lucas Oil Stadium. That was in May. Winner's Circle, West Washington. I think that was in July, maybe late June that was. A lot of first-timers a year ago. So if you guys have any advice, any place you think that we need to hit, we should hit, yeah, let us know. And we'll see if we can't get that done for you. But these have been incredibly fun. John Martin writes this, happy birthday to the defensive stopper. It's my daughter Lainey's 13th birthday. The the sunshine of my life, for sure. Lighten up a room, she is. Hey, JMV, it's also my nephew's 13th birthday today. A lot of 13 going around. Which is all good. Hey, JMV, what do you think is going on behind the scenes with the Colts and now 14 interviews? I think what's going on is, to me, they're just doing as much as they can. I don't think that there is any deeply rooted meaning on either side. Like, I don't think that they're doing it. Uh, so you can go to Jim Irsay and say, hey, look at all these dudes that are much better than the guy that you like, the guy that you brought in on an interim basis during the season in Jeff Saturday. And I don't I don't think that Jim Irsay wants them all to come in here so he can say, hey, you know what, you're bringing all these coordinators in, all these first-time guys, these guys that haven't had a gig in a while. You're bringing all them in. So clearly, look, regardless of the record down the stretch, my guy is better than yours. I don't think it has any deeply rooted meaning regarding that. You just go back to a couple of weeks ago when Chris Ballard said that this thing could go on until February, and it could go on until February. Now, if you're going to ask me whether or not I believe that Jeff Saturday is a legitimate candidate, absolutely. Until somebody tells me otherwise about what the owner believes, about what the owner thinks, absolutely. Jason Hatfield writes this, Target has got some cool stuff in the category of stranger things. I went, first of all, clearly I hadn't been in Target in forever. I had no idea where anything was. You talk about being mass backwards. I had no idea where anything was. I walked in there and I thought, wait a minute. If you went off to if you went to the one off one thirty five, they just remodeled it, so they moved everything so around. Went, and I mean they don't have CDs or DVDs anymore, do nope. they? No, it's a very I, limited I, I, selection. I couldn't find electronics around that. Where in the hell is everything? I had no idea. I was lost in there. But I asked somebody finally as I walked around aimlessly yesterday. I asked somebody, I said, hey, you got anything Stranger Things? And I can't recognize it because, unfortunately, I've not watched an episode. My daughter loves it. But they had Jack Squat, unfortunately, Hatfield. Nothing. 
Nothing whatsoever. My man Chad is out in Denver getting ready to rock it tonight with the Pacers and the Nuggets. I hope from a Pacers fan standpoint that this is going to be worthy of you watching the entirety of the time. This just this and tomorrow night seems like some bad and unfortunate timing scheduling wise. That's too bad. John Easter says, Billy O'Neill's on the west side would be a great stop on your tavern tour. I'll look into that. What I do is forward these to Brent Halverson, and then Brent goes to work on it. But seriously, anything, not even necessarily, you know, within city limits or even in the donut counties, if we have to go out a little bit, we'll go out a little bit. Bonji's has been one, I believe I'm pronouncing that right that people have mentioned more than a couple of different times, too, that it's uh, not completely outside the area, but somewhat outside the area. Janvi, I can't believe you love the 80s as much as you do, and you've not watched an episode of Stranger Things. It is weird, isn't it? I don't know why. I don't make a lot of sense that way. But I have not. Yeah, I had not been in Target forever. I had no idea they changed it that dramatically. Just tough. Darnell says the Pawn Shop Pub, that's East 54th Street. SPT is in. Is there any awkward Paul Anka song that can be played today like you do for Bowen? (laughs) Oh, you mean like she's having my baby? He always felt really comfortable coming on to that particular song. It felt right, though. It really did. It absolutely felt right. Hey, JMV, you've been running over, and Rich Basaccia is the latest, the interim head coach of the Raiders a year ago, if you remember, and the special teams coach of the Packers is evidently either getting or had an interview here already. That would be the 14th. Is there anybody that you like on that list? I I like the older resume, been there, done that type of Dan Quinn thing, but I'm literally the only one. They were talking about that a little bit earlier inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Janvi is the only one that would vote for Dan Quinn. Thus, he's probably not going to get a sniff. I just maintain that this team needs somebody like that. Uh, this team the way that we, it looked this past year, I don't know if this team falls for the brand new, shiny, coordinating analytics guy. I don't, I'd be careful with that. I know that's what a lot of people want because a lot of people just want to throw a dart at a dartboard and go, oh, look at the, yeah, there's the offensive coordinator, the Bengals. I told you he was going to be great. Now, again, probably a couple of these guys are going to be great. But I'm talking more about what this team needs to me right now. I don't know if this team needs to be headed up by Brian Callahan right now. With all due respect to Brian Callahan. Somebody with a little bit of being that guy experience is what I would be talking about. So I completely botched Bongi's name there. 
Bungie. No, it's not Bungies, is it? Great outside tailgating. I've heard all the great stories about it, too. There's no room inside, so I'd have to do that outside. I'd be down with that. JMV, I can't remember. Have you done a show at the Mousetrap? Indeed, a couple of them. That was last year. That was last April, Wes, the Mousetrap. Love that place. The New Bethel Ordinary in Wanamaker would also be great. We have not done the New Bethel Ordinary. I would agree with you on that. Been there plenty of times. Have not done a show there, however. And I would be definitely on board with it. Hey, JMV, watching IU last night kind of gave me the thought that maybe they are back on track. What say you? For two games, they looked exactly how we wanted them or expected them to look. And I think it all starts, and Brian Evans, as I mentioned at the outset of the show, I thought was right on target when he mentioned what was necessary in the first five of the game and the first five of the second half. But I go back to that Wisconsin game on Saturday. They came out inspired. And I, I felt that they came out in similar fashion last night. Now, granted, Brad Underwood helped them out a great deal for most of the time going single on Trace Jackson Davis. I don't know why you would do that, but he did. But Trace, Trace, by virtue of that start, had a ton of confidence, and he was making play after play, high energy. Jordan Geronimo, the same, came out, knocked down some shots, high energy. That's what you expect, and that's what you have seen in the last two. Is it long-lasting? We'll see. Sunday, Michigan State in Bloomington, we shall see. But, and make no mistake about it, the last two is, even without Race Thompson, even without Xavier Johnson, the last two, that has been exactly what you expect to see from them, energy-wise, playing-wise, both ends of the floor. That's what you expect to see. And I would agree with that. I don't know what it is. Bottle it, whatever. Jan V, you and Tom Deanhart talking about the second best team in the Big Ten. I would have to agree with you. I think Rutgers, because they grind it out and they're so tough, might be it. You really kind of throw a bit of a jump ball up. Michigan State, Rutgers. I don't know if you want to factor in Wisconsin. Maybe you do with a healthy Tyler Wall. But this is this is doable for IU to move up. Because Purdue, Purdue is likely going to run away from everybody else here. Two games in front. But it seems like everybody else will have the opportunity to come back to you. Or maybe better said, you can work your way up to them. Thank you very much, Music Mac, on that. Laney's 13th birthday. Shout out to the Lane. It's from John Buzzard. So, JMV, based on listening to your show for the better part of the last decade, I believe we have similar viewing habits. Stranger Things is a must-watch. Although my kids made fun of me for jumping because it did scare the crap out of me multiple times. Yeah, I don't know what it is why I haven't watched it. And, and that's I've been that way forever. And I don't know why. I've been that way. Breaking Bad, I was that way. 
I don't understand why. And then you get one of these HBO shows. For whatever reason, I watched White Lotus. For whatever reason, speaking of scaring the crap out of me, because if you have kids, watching Euphoria should scare the absolute crap out of you. I got locked into Euphoria. I have no idea. That's not my wheelhouse. That's somebody else's wheelhouse altogether. But I kind of found myself with both, for some reason, locked in. But you're right about Stranger Things. I just haven't for whatever reason. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, Podcast 1075thefan.com. Top of the hour, voice of the Hoosiers. A lot of good things to talk about from Champaign last night regarding IU. They get set for a Sunday matchup against Michigan State. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, 5 o'clock, 93.5107, the fan. The Ride with JMV. Well, you're going to have to say that. You're going to have to speak up because I can't hear you. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, thank you for joining us. Uh, a pair of uh, double dips in the NFL divisional round beginning tomorrow, 4.30. Jaguars and Chiefs from Arrowhead. Jaguars make this interesting whatsoever, or does Kansas City run away in this bad boy? I believe last check, nine-point favorites at home, the Chiefs. Jaguars Chiefs at 4.30. Uh, the nightcap tomorrow night's at 8.15. The Giants and the Eagles. I kind of want to rock fight on this. I don't know if you're going to get it. As much as, for example, ESPN National Radio talked about it. I'm hoping for a rock fight. I don't know if you're going to get it. Uh, Philadelphia, seven and a half point favorites coming up tomorrow night. Then coming up on Sunday... Uh, Eddie Garrison's squad, that would be the Bengals. How long have you been a Bengals fan? Well, it's not me. It's my girlfriend, Olivia. Oh, Olivia's the Bengals fan? Yeah, she's the Bengals fan. No, I thought you were. You're not, though? No. I I mean, I've adopted them as a secondary team, but I'm a Colts fan. So you probably didn't like me saying that you're a Bengals fan, or did you? You're okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. So what, uh, what did Olivia do here to force you into your love affair with this Bengals team, what uh, happened? Well, she was a Joe Burrow fan in college. Yeah. And then she adopted the Bengals when he got drafted. And then so I started watching them more because she'd start watching them and then seeing Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and all these other guys come through. Uh, I've grown to like him too. Bengals, Bills, 3 o'clock coming up on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Buffalo's five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Bengals. That, that is that's the game of the weekend right there. So when I say that's the game of the weekend, that means it'll probably be the most boring game of the weekend. But it is the game of the weekend, at least to me on paper. Cowboys 49ers, 6.30 coming up on Sunday evening with San Fran, four-point favorites there. Four solid games, to say the least. Don Fisher after five. Mike is at 239-1070. Hello, Mike. Macho Mike, YMCA, a happy birthday, YMCA to Laney. Angel sends her a hug. You'll never guess who's doing the YMCA at halftime of the Ron Colley High School basketball game tonight. Who is doing that? Yours truly. You're kidding me. That's tonight? Yeah, and then Monday night I'm doing the city tournament final at Tech. That is awesome. Real quick, yo, hi, Angel. Hi, Angel. God bless you and Blake, and be sure and tell Laney happy birthday, YMCA. God bless you and the wife and family, and God bless Eddie and all of you. And tell Kyle I'm thinking Hey, make sure you tell everybody around Kyle I said hello, too. 
All right, and I'll tell and tell Kyle. I'm thinking of him and bless him and and uh, the baby and uh, Morgan also. You got it. And a shout out. Thank you, Macho Mike at Ron Kylie. Shout out to Jamin Warnicky. Jamin Warnicky squad over there, Ron Kylie, your number one. Uh, Jamin's father, Jim Warnicky, and really to a degree, Justin did too, his brother. But Jim played basketball with us all the time. Jim's a good player still. Well, Ron Colley action tonight from Mike Quickwin. We'll come back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, top of the hour. Last two, feeling pretty good. Last night, 35 from Trace Jackson Davis and a runaway strong win in Champaign. Can they keep it up on Sunday hosting Michigan State? We'll talk to Don Fisher about that and more next. The Ride with JMV. I got nowhere else to go. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, this time next week, the Alley Cat, Larceny, Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, and our first of 2023 Tavern Tour Stop, the Alley Cat and Broad Ripple. That's a week from today. I'll see you there. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, Podcast 1075thefan.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the voice of the Hoosiers. I'm sure he's happy after last night and the outcome in Champaign with the IU win over the Illini. Don Fisher joins us and let the records reflect that Don Fisher did use ball don't lie last night during the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I throw I throw that in there every once in a while, John, just for comic relief. I, well, I was right there. I was right there for it, Don, last night during the uh, ball. <laughs> ball don't lie. Say, well, I, I tell you, watching Illinois shoot free throws, it kind of reminded me of how IU has shot free throws in the past because the ball was the ball wasn't lying a lot last night. There was a lot of truth to that ball when when Illinois stepped to the free throw line. That's why I had no problem using the phrase last night, because for a change, it worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Don Fisher, voice of Hooters. Where are you right now? What gym? I'm literally at Mount Pleasant Christian Church. Uh, they have a big workout facility here. And yeah. I'm walking around right now after finishing most of my stuff that I do. I know Mount Pleasant very well right there. Not too far from me. Now, do you? Yeah, I got. Yeah, go I ahead. Got a couple of. You got a couple of basketball courts here. You can play on all the time, John. I I have before. I try. I try my hardest not to sling those cuss words in that place. I feel bad when I do that. <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> I do. I feel really, really bad when I do that. But no, Mount Pleasant Christian Church, and that's a great facility down off of Fairview Road there uh, in yeah, Greenwood. Really. It is. Uh, Don Fisher is with us. All right. You've talked to, you had that Monday night show with Mike Woodson. I'm, I'm curious. We have seen uh, inspiring play to start against Wisconsin and really throughout that game and to start again last night against Illinois, not so much talking about it offensively, but on the defensive end, what's been the difference? Why that particular level of inspiration, you think, starting last Saturday against Wisconsin? What's changed? Well, I think I think they obviously they had a team meeting without coaches, so that was part of it. I don't know what was said. Obviously, I wasn't in the meeting, and they're not going to reveal what was said. But whatever was said, it obviously worked, and uh, some leadership was a was a uh, obviously a big part of that. Well, I think Mike Day, Mike Woodson also <laughs> went a long way with his practice session on Friday, leading up to that ball game, making sure everybody understood exactly what they wanted from that uh, ball game and how they wanted to execute the game plan. And <laughs> I got 
a little bit of an inside source yesterday that or last night after the ball game that the walkthrough that they had prior to the ball game was one of the best they've had all year. Uh, and if somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do, <laughs> Mike grabbed a hold of them and put them in the position they were supposed to be in. And it didn't happen just not just one time, but it happened a bunch of times. So I, I think he's starting to get through to these guys that, look, there's a way to win. And if you don't do it, we're probably going to lose because your way so far hasn't worked. <laughs> right, so, right. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed, really, with the last two ball games, though. How hard they played, the intensity level they played with. Last night, I was really pleased, John, because you know that after they had the 19-point lead, Illinois kind of got on a roll toward the end of the first half and whittled that lead down to 10. But they came out in the second half and did exactly what we've always talked about. First five minutes, most important. You got to play with huge intensity, and you got to play really strong at the defensive end. And they did that. And again, they, they took the lead back out to 16 points or 18 points, whatever it was, at 21 at one point. I just think it was a tremendous performance, and the effort and the mental focus was there. Yeah, it's a Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Doing his walkthrough right now at Mount Pleasant down in Greenwood on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Confidence is a hell of a thing. I mean, it really is. And and obviously, I, I kind of equated Trace to Miles Turner of the Pacers. Man, when they get started early, it just seems like everything is elite, high level for Trace. I mean, I'm talking offense and especially only getting single coverage most of the night as he did, which is kind of inexplicable to me. We'll get to that in a second, but passing, (laughs) defense, I mean, everything else just seems like it it comes and is so good for him when he gets that confidence and gets off early. Um, And you saw that also last night with Jordan Geronimo. Somebody really needed it. He got off the mark, knocked down that first three, made some shots in that first half. It was tougher for him in the second half. But confidence is something for somebody that is searching, and Geronimo has been one of those players on this team that's been searching. There's no question about that. And he last night really played great in the first half. He really did. And I, I, I was mystified a little bit as to why he didn't play more minutes in the first half because they took him out. And I don't think he came back in um, probably with about eight minutes to go in the first half. And I, I honestly didn't understand that. But that's all coaches and what they're trying to do. And maybe they were trying to get Malik a few more minutes and get him on the same path that uh, Jordan has gone on. Because, as we know, Malik has kind of slowed down with his performances. But in the last three games, he's actually gotten a little bit better. So, you know, right now, you know, coaching – uh, philosophically, is a very difficult job. But more than that, the psychology of coaching is the main thing that you've got to deal with these days. If you don't have that psychology working for you, you're in real trouble. And I think Mike has probably figured that out to some degree. And I think that's one of the reasons this team has kind of turned it around here in the last couple of games. It's uh, Don Fisher who joins us. And I mentioned the, the level of confidence with Trace. And inexplicably, Brad Underwood went single coverage most of that game, sent occasionally somebody to double in the second half. But as I mentioned, once Trace gets that confidence, his entire game blossoms in one. I mean, everything blossoms. Then by that time, he was throwing out of that double team. He was making the right pass, a quick pass for a wide-open shot defensively. Without question, he was playing well. By that time, Trace had gotten off, and that matchup was over for Illinois. Well, I, and I agree. I think Trace is – I just think Trace has played 
really well the last, I mean, tremendously well the last two ball games. And, and beyond that, he's played ever since race went down. I think his game has picked up. I think he realizes how important he is for this ball club right now. And he's played a ton of minutes, uh, not so much last night as he did previously in the prior couple of ball games, but he is playing a ton of minutes. And yet it doesn't seem to affect him negatively. So I'm just really excited about the way he's performing. And I think he had a major role in the players-only meeting that they had last week. I think he had a major role as a leader on this basketball team and maybe getting some of these guys to understand exactly what's needed. Well, you could tell during the game last night when that press started to get to them in the second half, he went over and he said, hey, give me the ball. And then there were a couple of different times where he kind of – he went, they got him a pass, he, he brought it up. So you could tell that that leadership was certainly at a much higher level than we have seen because you actually saw it in that second half when things were kind of sputtering for them against that press a little bit. Yeah, and Trey Galloway had a big, big couple of plays in a row there that really helped as well uh, because they were really struggling with that pressure that uh, Illinois was putting on. And – Trey had two big plays in a row. One was all thing in a basket and uh, on a steal, or not a steal, but a uh, timeout that he called on top of that. So really, I, I thought he was a difference maker as well, especially against the press and kind of returning Indiana to get back up to that 14, 16-point lead. I, I think this kid's really playing good basketball, too. I'm proud of him. and I'm, I know he's he, – I don't say he's reticent to take shots, but he doesn't look for a shot nearly enough because you know that three shot up there last night was really big, especially early on for confidence, if nothing else. And uh, I wish he'd just take a few more of them because I think he can really shoot the basketball now. Well, I heard that plea from you last night, matter of fact, too. And I, I, you would know better than certainly I or anybody else would. Do, do the, the coaches tell him to take that when he gets the opportunity? Is he told that or not? I think he probably is. I just don't know. I've never asked any of the coaches, but I've said, I've asked the coaches, what do you think of him and how much he's improved as a shooter? And every one of them will talk very positively positively about that. I, I think uh, the big thing with Fred Galloway is that he is, he's a team guy first. And I think he's always been that for the most part. And even though in high school, I think he was uh, accredited with being a very good shooter until he had the wrist problem toward the end of his career there. But I think he's always been a team-first guy and a guy that tried to facilitate as much as he possibly could. And I think that mentality has kind of kept him from being the shooter that I think he can be. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I heard on your Monday night show that Mike Woodson had stated that Malik Renew, the freshman, had his best game to date against Wisconsin you know he didn't put up big numbers last night but I thought he followed that up positively once again in his time on the floor in Champaign yeah he did and that that's that's what I'm talking about the last two or three ball games he's really kind of gotten his mojo back so to speak he's starting to understand better what he's supposed to do out there uh, how to handle different things the double teams that come to him those kinds of things I, I just think he's going to be a terrific basketball player at Indiana and you go through plateaus when you're a freshman, all kinds of things are coming into play, as we know. Social media along with girls and classes and all those kinds of things. And there's no doubt for a while there he was really kind of sputtering along. But he has, I think, got his mojo back. I think he's starting to believe in himself a little bit more and gotten some confidence, which you spoke of at the outset of this interview. 
I think he's starting to really believe that he can get it done. You know, Don, last night we were talking about their defense a little bit earlier and, and things they, they did not grasp, for example, going back a week against Penn State that we really didn't understand. And Last night you could tell Matthew Myers, a guy that we've seen plenty of during his time at Baylor, is a three-point shooter, a three-point artist, and they didn't let him get a sniff of anything last night. <laughs> no, they didn't. I mean, I was – Going into the ball game, John, I can honestly say that I thought if there was going to be a difference maker for Illinois in this ball game, it was him. Yep. Because he has been playing terrific the last three or four ball games himself for Illinois and clocked on their four game winning streak that they were on. I think he was one of the real keys to why they were able to win those ball games. Indiana didn't allow him a point and barely a shot last night. Yeah, I mean, nothing, and he went down in the second half, and he got yanked and, and sat down, and they were having to go over and, and talk to him and console him because, it, <laughs> I mean, it was you, – you could tell that he, he was he was absolutely shredded by what they did. They took him out of absolutely everything last night. They did. I mean, it was, that's, that's one of the reasons I think last night's performance – I think Eric said this on the way home last night, too. He said that may be the best 40 minutes of basketball we've seen in Indiana play this year because of what was involved. You're on the road. You're playing against a really good basketball team. And what Indiana did to Illinois last night from a defensive perspective was special because they've got a really talented team. They do. So, Don Fisher on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Did, did Eric or anybody else have much of an explanation as to why Brad Underwood had the intention on handling Trace, especially in that first half, defensively, the way that he ended up doing it? Well, and I respect Brad Underwood a lot. I think he's a really good basketball coach, but I have no idea what he was thinking last night. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't, I couldn't understand why they would not double team at all. I mean, maybe they double-teamed a couple of times last night, but it was more of what was going on on the floor at that point in time, just picking up a guy, guy stepping in there. But there was no intention to double-team him. That was, the, well, that was what was so astounding because the, I guess the game plan for most teams is we've got to at least double-team this guy. We can't let him get started. And last night they let him get started, and they never allowed him not to keep going. <laughs> yeah, and, and that – the other thing was when he got teed up, he was lost and single-mindedly focused on that for the better part of five-plus minutes. I mean, that's the way that it looked. I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I know that sometimes you can get taken out of a game, and I'm sure that he had everything under control or whatever, but he looked like a guy that was certainly less worried about the game and more worried about why he got teed up. It was like five minutes long he was with that. I've seen him do that before, though. I think that's a tendency. He's a little like Fran McCaffrey in that, in that way. He, he gets a little red-faced, too. But I will say this about Brad. He, he's a great interview. Um, yeah, he he's is. One of those yes. guys. And he, you know what? Uh, 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 he's, he's, a, he's a coach that understands what the media wants and needs, uh, maybe needs more than anything else. He's never turned down. In fact, he told me the first time I met him, he was so excited to do the interview, and I was I was shocked by that in itself because how many coaches want to do a media interview with somebody you don't know? Well, at any rate, he just told me, he says, look, I was a telecom major in college. He said, and I wanted to get into broadcasting, but he said, really, I didn't know if I was going to be able to coach or not, but coaching was really my first love, but broadcasting would be my second. And he said, I'm always going to take care of you guys because you guys do a great job, and 
and we understand what you need. And so, therefore, I'll do an interview if I can do it. Last year, he couldn't do it for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but it was a legit, a legit scenario. But he he's done it every other year he's been at Illinois. And every ball game that we played him, so I just respect him a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. I like him as a coach because he's a guy that's gonna he's gonna rip some ass, but he's gonna stand up for you like he was doing last night. Now that was more about standing up for himself because that T came from like ninety feet away or whatever. But he he's going to he's going to rip your ass, but he's also going to stand up for you. And you know, exactly. I, I like I like I would like being I would like you know my kids to be coached up like that. I wouldn't mind it at all. I agree, and I, and I think that's that's a big part of today. I think I think a lot of coaches feel like they're hamstrung today, but the coaches that are really good at their job, they they do exactly what they think they should be doing and handle the guys just exactly the way they think they should be handled. In most cases, I think they do a great job. So Don Fisher with us. Before I let you go, and I'll let you finish up that workout at Mount Pleasant down off of Fairview in Greenwood. Getting that's hey, you just don't you don't look like that the ageless wonder that you are. Just by accident. You know what I mean? You work at it. No, it's called jeans, John. It's jeans. <laughs> you work at it. You work at it. And you make us all, all us other dudes out there, incredibly flustered when you look the way that you do. But um, Michigan State and IU, we, we saw Michigan State obviously on Monday, you know, losing a final possession. I should say, yeah, near final possession, but a one possession loss to Purdue. Uh, we saw them against Rutgers turning around. Um, and we, we know a lot about this Michigan State team. How do you think this thing matches up coming up at noon on Sunday? Well, I will say this. I don't think they have the dominant big guy inside that they've had. Now, that, that's not to say that Sissoko is not a good player, but I don't think they have the dominant front line area players that they've had in some of the past years. I think their strength is in their guards. Hogard's a guy that really killed us last year and really played well. It wasn't necessarily how many points he scored, but he just kind of dominated uh, our guards a little bit. And I think that will have to be taken care of in this ballgame if Indiana's to win. I don't think there's any question that Indiana can win, but it's going to take the same kind of performance as we've seen in the last two ball games at the defensive end of the court. If Indiana gets that, they will give themselves a great chance to knock off Michigan State and pick up their third straight victory. And really, that that third game, too. Like, we've talked about Wisconsin. We talked about last night. That third game at home, because last time out, they played a noon game on Sunday. Uh, They came out like the game was at 2 o'clock. I mean, that's kind (laughs) of how they looked against Northwestern in that first half, certainly. And I think... That third game is when we're going to find out if what we have seen in the past two, if that's real and something that can be longer lasting or if it's just kind of like a moment or two or a game or two in time. Yep, you've got to be, you've got to be consistent. And if you're, if you're going to be a contender, and Indiana right now I don't think is in contention because Purdue is just not letting anybody get into contention. But if you're going to be a contender – you have flat got out to be consistent with your play, especially at the defensive end of the floor. And you've got to be a team that understands what you're supposed to do offensively from a role perspective. And if those two things come to fruition, Indiana's got a chance to be a really good basketball team the rest of this year and maybe live up to expectations. That'd be nice, too. And speaking of Purdue, I mean, they're going to run away, or at least they look as if they're going to run away with this. But Michigan State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, everybody else for IU is within an arm's reach of this thing right now. 
So that's what right. you, that's what you're looking for right now. And plus, you keep playing. This will make this February first matchup with Purdue look really good further down the road. But yeah, you got plenty of teams in front of you right now that you can certainly catch. There's no question about that, John. In fact, I think, with the exception of Purdue, everybody else in the league right now is with Indiana's within. Everybody that's ahead yes. of them in the conference, they're, they're only one game back in the loss column. So right now they're in position to do something really good here in the next couple of weeks. Yes, he's working out right now. Are you done cooling down? What's happening? You going to go down and get a smoothie downstairs there? No, I'm not going to get a smoothie. I'm going to go home, take a shower, and take my wife to dinner. <laughs> Uh-oh. Where are we going tonight? We're going to our table. Oh, you are? Our table? I've not, not been, been there? there. I have not been there yet. What are you doing, John? I mean, that place has been open for about two years now, and it's just the best place on the south side. Um, I don't eat in front of people too often. <laughs> what you chew with your mouth open what <laughs> but i i like you have heard it is really good i have gone i've gone there on a um saturday morning they sell baked goods on a saturday morning that's a big deal down there and you go about yeah. nine o'clock you stand in line i stood in line for bread like a loaf of bread or something uh, about a month ago or so. <laughs> so I've stood in line for a loaf of bread, but I've heard great things regarding our table. How many times have you been there? Oh, I would say probably we started going there, let's see, probably about eight months ago, and we've probably been there about 15 times. <laughs> yeah, that's literally three miles from where I live. So, Well, I'm telling you, it's – I, I mean, my wife and I love this place. We love the ambiance of it. Um, you need to get a reservation if you have a couple more. If you don't want to sit in the bar area, you need to get a reservation if you got more than a couple people with you. But I'm telling you what, it's, it's just a great place. I've not had a single meal that I didn't think was exceptional there. Do they do carryout? I'm a carryout guy. Do they do carryout? You know, I've never tried it, so I don't know if they do or not. I, uh, Mike, Mike Duke would know something about our table, and he told me it's fantastic. So it is. Uh, I was. It's good. Yeah. All right. Our table for Don Fisher tonight. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that workout in so you can put the feed bag on. Savvy. I got to, man. I is, got to. That is savvy. <laughs> All right. Hey, have a great night and a great dinner tonight at our table. And uh, we'll be listening coming up on Sunday. That is an 11 o'clock pregame show. Noon is the tip down in Bloomington, correct? Sounds good, John. That's exactly right. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Don. Thanks, bud. It is uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Anybody else out there been to our table? Tweet at me. I am kind of embarrassed, but I have stood in line for baked goods on a Saturday morning. I stood in line for a, get this, a loaf of focaccia bread. It might have been some of the best focaccia bread I've ever had. I stood in line for it. They had other stuff, too, like baked goods. Donuts, bagels, things like that. That was on a Saturday morning, though. I've not been to our table. Eddie, our table? That's the first time I've heard of it. Because down, that is Whiteland Road in 135. That is not very far at all from where I live. But there's an our table. The our table restaurant is there. If you guys remember, the legendary knuckle sandwich, 144 and 37, Mm -hmm. that's is going to pop a location right there. 
right there, 135 and uh, Whiteland Road. The knuckle sandwich is awesome. You guys remember that? The knuckle sandwich, if you remember, was that Dairy Queen that was basically there at the intersection of 144 and 37 for a number of years. But when they did all the uh, 37 to 69 stuff now, uh, obviously the knuckle sandwich in that building and that land got swallowed up and knuckle sandwich is going to 135 and Whiteland Road. But it is awesome. And from what I've heard, so is our table. Jason Small says our table is great. Best filet I've ever had. My mom just texted me and she said, good food, nice atmosphere. Dad and I have been there. Love it. Should I go over there and sit at the bar tonight or something? Because Don said, like, could I sit at the bar? Can I go in basketball shorts? <laughs> I don't know. Is there a dress code? Last weekend, the crab cake appetizer. Incredible. Our table, everybody. A lot of love on this show right here. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, Don Fisher, podcast 1075thefan.com. Uh, Jim McCann says, our table bistro has no takeout. Man, no takeout. No carryout. Quick break and we'll come back. We'll do some calls. Maybe a little anything goes before the end of the show as well. 239-1070. Another interview for the Colts. One again in the can. Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Bengals. Uh, Ritz Basaccia, who was a year ago the interim head coach of the Raiders. This past year, the special teams coordinator of the Packers also with an interview. My man Jason Getham, Getham Associates, says our table's awesome, too. Apparently, I'm the only one that's not been to our table other than Saturday morning to get baked goods. Quick break. We'll come back. Your call's at 239-1070 inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. Don't go away. The Ride with JMV. It's Jim Pimmer. Now talk to him, damn it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, and Don Fisher, the podcast 107.5. TheFan.com, I'd appreciate it. How often is BAM weather accurate? You know what I'm talking about, BAM weather? Normally when you have these these huge um, so-called storms, winter storms that are coming in, you get it from BAM weather. I usually go through AccuWeather. BAM weather. So this is about 12 hours earlier today. And I want no part of any of this. I'm great with not seeing any snow whatsoever. But Bam Weather, I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about on Twitter. Bam Weather says strong consensus for a major winter storm into Wednesday across the Ohio Valley and Midwest. Chicago Slammer is what it says right there. I don't know if that means anything for us. I don't need it, nor do I want it, but it's always kind of interesting. It always seems like that BAM comes up with these these forecasts that get everybody running from milk and toilet paper. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, Jamie, this is from Kurt. Earlier in the show, you were speaking about the commercial, nobody, but nobody. That's a car dealer commercial. It was Bob Catterson. Thank you, Kurt. Bob Catterson. Appreciate that. 
J-Law writes this, Stranger Things is a good watch, slow moving at first, but picks up speed in great 80s references. JMV from Jim McCann, how about Sid's Bar in Noblesville? Outstanding. Sid's Bar in Noblesville as a possible tavern tour stop. And let me tell you, from the outside, from the outside, that looks like that needs to be a tavern tour 2023 destination. Sid's Bar in Noblesville, shout out. Eric Powell checks in. It's bongies. Don't let anybody fool you. Take a party of 14 on a summer afternoon. Eat, drink, tailgate. Fantastic. Jamby, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you regarding what IU's defense did last night. Matthew Meyer, guy that lives off that three, has been playing well. Completely locked up. Completely locked up. And we'll see. That third game for IU against Michigan State, I'm talking about that third game. You have Wisconsin, you know, the third game to put together something that certainly is consistent with Wisconsin and with last night at Illinois. It's a good team. It's Michigan State. It's in your building. Last time out on a early Sunday afternoon, you guys remember that against Northwestern. That thing was as flat-footed and slow of a start as you can possibly find, and they let Northwestern step into threes. They let Northwestern build their confidence. This is incredibly important to see if they can, again, string together another game as we've seen in the past, too. And then that becomes more believable to everybody. I don't know what IU fans, if you're actually believing in it right now or if you're just kind of soaking up the moment because it is completely different than what you saw at Penn State, than what you saw in that Northwestern game for the most part, all the way to the second half of that Iowa game. But, yeah, Sunday's definitely a bigger, a big one, no doubt. Uh, JMV, I heard you yesterday say you've never played a hand of euchre. How do you call yourself a Hoosier? There is nobody more Hoosier in southern Indiana than my hillbilly rear end right here, let me tell you. None. Zero. I'm just, I don't dig on card games. I never have. I think... I think to go back to playing card games, I was probably around six or seven years old, and I played Crazy Eight with my grandmother, an old maid. Seriously, no card games for me. I'm not a card game guy. Never played Euchre. Never. I know it's weird. Dave's at 239-1070. Dave, jump on the show. What's up, buddy? Hey, JMV. How you doing? Great, Dave. Go ahead. Two things. Yeah. Uh, the, the Tavern Tour... Corner Pub, Kokomo, Indiana. The Corner Pub, Kokomo, Indiana. Absolutely. Been here for I, forever, okay? Mm-hmm. What, what, it, what is this specialty? The Corner oh, Pub specialty, what would it be? Tenderloin. Tenderloin. Ooh, I see a lot of stuff here at the Corner. They got some big They got some big tomahawk steaks here working, don't they? And they no, got I'm sorry. Those. That's a knife. That's just a big steak in general. Sorry, that's. Yep. But there, I see the tenderloin and the steak. And so, they yes. have killer pizza. All right, so I'll give this to Brent Halverson too. Okay. Now the, the next thing is yep. The back day 
in the early years of Bob Knight, before the shot clock, uh, the McDonald's across the street from Assembly Hall gave away free hamburgers when Indiana held an opponent under 40 points. Right. Yeah, so that, that, that was the that was the McDonald's off of uh, uh, Walnut. Yeah, Walnut, North Walnut Street. Right there, well, there was you. the one. Well, it is still there, right? And that McDonald's is still there right now, right next to the uh, car lot and right across from that Denny's, yeah. Well, you've probably been there more times than I have. I absolutely have. There's no doubt about that. I have I have drunkenly slid down that hill right in front of Denny's uh, many a Friday and Saturday night. So well, I don't know I why, just, but I did. I was just a TV viewer back in those days. <laughs> no, but seriously, you're right. And they had the uh, McNugget deal last night in Illinois. If you miss two free throws, you get free McNuggets. And Illinois' crowd was cheering for that late because I think it was Malik Renu. He threw up a scud missile against the side of the backboard. I think it hit the pad below the rim. (laughs) That first one that he shot looked terrible, and they were all cheering. They were down, you know, 15, 18 points. They were all cheering, and then he knocked down the second one. So they ended the the quest for for Nuggets, I guess. Absolutely. So, uh if we have a chance, uh, get your butts up here at the Corner Pub. All right, the Corner Pub in Kokomo from Dave. Dave, thank you for that request. That's nice. Thanks a lot, brother. The recommendation from Dave is the Corner Pub in Kokomo. Kokomo, I believe, is well within reach here. I can do that. I mean, hell, we go to Westfield. How much further is Kokomo from Westfield? And Columbus. Columbus? Lebanon? Lebanon's further. Is Lebanon further up than Kokomo or Kokomo further up? I'm a, how much further is Westfield, or I should say Kokomo from Westfield? Because we're in Westfield all the time. Not that much further, is it? Are you calculating the mileage over there? Hey, while you calculate the mileage, the former producer of this show, Kyle Udemark, is listening right now. So a shout out to Kyle Udemark, who I mentioned earlier this week, and I mentioned this in jest. I said, I hope that Kyle Udemark is up to his neck in homework. And it was a joke. But apparently, Cal Udemark is indeed up to his neck in homework. Indeed. And it's uh, 61 miles from here. 61 miles so from here. An hour and 10 minutes. All right. That's further than I thought then. Now, I went to Bloomington. Right? I went to Bloomington. And that's out of listening range. Well, about that. <laughs> Don't bring that up. And about that. Uh, anyway, all right, quick break and we'll come back. How much longer do we got? We have time for some anything goes here? We'll do. Here's what I want to do. Uh, we'll do. We haven't done this in forever for a variety of reasons, but I've got time for some end of the week anything goes here if you guys want to dial us up at 239 1070. So a little anything goes. Uh, we'll see. I've, I've heard that the uh, sponsorship is about to return and then we'll do it all the time but i don't think we've done it since the uh the sponsored the sponsorship adjusted if you will but we'll do it now uh it is anything goes we'll do that and maybe a little bit after the top of the hour as well keep in mind pacers nuggets tonight first of a back-to-back in denver tonight phoenix coming up tomorrow night and as i like to remind you if the game's not any fun 
feel free to log on to Twitter and get on my Twitter account because I guarantee that will be fun and probably more fun when the Pacers are losing. I'd love to see them win and play well tonight, but if if they're not and you're a little bit bored in how they're playing, always remember you can log on at JMV1070 and watch every single knob in the world start tweeting at me. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It, it will keep you entertained. If nothing else, it'll keep you entertained. So do that coming up tonight, I guess, with good measure tomorrow night. Especially tomorrow night, too. You get DeAndre Ayton and Miles Turner. So tomorrow night's going to be a good one for me, too, wouldn't you think? Get the offer sheet signee and then the guy that was here when the offer sheet was signed. And then up ultimately, Ayton goes back to Phoenix. So, yeah, tomorrow night's going to be a big one, I'm sure, for my Twitter account as well. Soak it up and enjoy. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, Don Fisher, Podcast 1075thefan.com. It is Anything Goes at 239-1070. Other side next. The Ride with JMV. I want you out in front of the school with her. I'd like to have a few words with you, by God. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. First time we've done this for a while, so... It will either open up the floodgates of entertainment, maybe a little bit of stupidity, but normally it is enjoyable. It is anything goes back from its hiatus at 239-1070. You know the drill here. You call up, Eddie Garrison puts you on hold. And then in the line in which you call, I will take those calls, bring you on, and we talk about basically anything you want to talk about right here. It is Anything Goes at 239-1070. JMV, I really hope the Pacers win as well tonight, but a Friday evening of jackassery and knobbery sounds really entertaining on your Twitter handle as well. It'll be happening. Just watch. It will be happening. Miles, good game. Miles, bad game. It'll be happening. I can't, I can't lie either. It, um, it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. I kind of enjoy it. I don't know if that's weird, but I kind of enjoy it. Sean writes this sinking brewery or what fork in fork and a, I'm going to make sure I don't cuss here. Right next door to one another. Is that a, that sounds sound like I was trying to cuss? Midtown Carmel says Sean. Great food there. Sinking Brewery. All right then. Thank you, Sean, for that. All right, two three nine ten seventy. We got time before the top of the hour, and then a smidge after six o'clock for a little anything goes. Line one. You were on the air. Who's this? Hey, JMV, it's Bill. How you doing tonight? Bill, long time no see. I miss you. I miss all of you guys. You know it's weird not being out one day in a week? Like, this is the first time I've spent the entire week in studio since July. I miss you guys. I know. I'm, we all miss uh, coming out as well, but uh, I'm not Nostradamus, but I can predict that we're going to be catting around about this time next time. <laughs> yes, we will. Indeed. Hey, uh, I'm going to uh, go off the, the rails a little bit and everything, and, and uh, I'm rooting for the Dallas Cowboys uh, in, in the playoffs this year. The reason okay. being is that I want a former Indiana University tight end and the pride of North Salem, Indiana, Peyton Hendershot, to really shine and have a breakout party. 
they they do get Dak does get the ball to him. He's not he's not necessarily the first choice. I do play two tight ends, but I would really like to see him have a good game. I think the Colts should hire Raheem Morris as coach. I think he'd be a good fit. And oh by the way, Jalen Ramsey, the shutdown corner uh, for the L.A. Rams, wants seventeen million dollars a year. The Rams can't do that under the salary cap, so they're trying to move him. And if anybody doesn't think that we need a shutdown corner, let me refer you back to the fourth quarter of the Houston Texan game. Yeah, that uh, I, I would I would doubt if they would be in the market for Jalen Ramsey, but uh, yeah, certainly defensive need in the secondary. We'll see what they end up doing with uh, with uh, you know a Gilmore situation too. But yeah, I saw that about Jalen Ramsey earlier today as well. So you like Raheem Morris more than anybody else? I do. I, I, he's got uh, he checks that box for experience. I, I think he's uh, I think he's a serious guy, and I think that he could be a leader of men as well. And I I think. Uh, I'd like to see Jeff Saturday back on ESPN. I'd like to, although I do think that he should get a year. I think that he should get a year. I think the Colts should do what they did when Tony Tony Dungy had Jim Caldwell in the waiting area and everything. And then when Tony Dungy retired, Jim Caldwell just took over. I think they should have the same approach this year and have that uh, second guy be uh, Raheem Morris. Billy Broad Ripple a week from today at the Alley Cats. I cannot wait to see you guys. It's going to be great. Everybody come on by. Have a great weekend. That's my man Bill right there. Rich Basaccia, who was the Packers special teams coordinator a year ago with the interim head coach of the Raiders. And Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Bengals. little interviewage today. So that's who's been in today. We've called it now. Is it 14? 14 in all for the Colts. And that number continues to climb. Line two, it's anything goes. Two three nine ten seven. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Ed from Cicero. Hello, Ed. Hey, it's it's Bungies. Uh, you don't like nicknames? New nick. Well, my last name Schrock, so you say Ed Schrock. No, I know it's who Ed I Rock. know who you are. You're Schrock Star. You used to be Schrock Star on the message board on Peaks. No, 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 That's no, not no. You? I don't do Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Okay. Or whatever. Uh, I got you mixed up with another Schrock Star. Then do you ever go by Schrock Star anywhere? Is that your name? No, no. Oh, I am I'm a thinking star. of somebody else, though. But uh, so Ed Rock for Ed Schrock. My daughter is Elizabeth Schrock, so she goes by E Rock. Uh, it's Bungies. Ask anybody from Franklin or Lapel. Okay. Cicero, Arcadia, Atlanta, Indiana, Noversburg. Uh, uh, take uh, US 31 North to Kokomo. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good ride. Yep. I live like a. Uh, 100 yards from Sullivan's Hardware in downtown Cicero. Shout out to Sullivan's Hardware and Garden. I'm going to be on with them coming up tomorrow morning. WIBC. Can't wait for that. Yes. And uh, we could have a party here. Sounds I'm, I, I'm all up for a party, man. Just let us know. Uh, the, okay. Uh, but, but go Huskies. Go Pacers. Go Hoosiers. Thank you. Ed, thank you. Ed's trying to get us up there in Cicero. I don't mind Cicero. Get up there. Hey, by the way, too, I've got to reach out. I've, um, I don't know if we're anywhere near. I think we wanted to get a little bit more action than we have right now. But at some point, at some point, Rick Venturi is going to be back on. It's just kind of weird what they're doing right now. There's really not a lot to talk about that we couldn't have already talked about in the past two weeks. I kind of want, how do they put it, a little bit of meat on that bone whenever we get Rick on here. So we may wait until something either is close to significant or concretely significant. 
But yeah, Rick is coming. Is coming. Line four as anything goes. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Jamie. It's Rob. How are you, buddy? Rob, great to hear from you. Go ahead. Uh, everybody's talking about the head coach, and that's great. I'm more concerned about whose offense are we going to run. Our defense and specials weren't the problem. Our offense is the problem. And uh, if Saturday's not going to be the coach, it's probably because no one wants to be OC underneath him. Uh, we couldn't get a good OC to get here. But but I, I think that I think that Saturday, I, I will say play. this. Right, Rob, you can end this, too. You, I'll, I'll let you continue. But Jeff Saturday had mentioned that he wants his – own staff so he's got who he wants evidently in mind so go ahead well yeah i'm like i said i it maybe maybe there are people lining up to to be on saturday staff and maybe not i don't know right but i'm 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 concerned about what offense are we going to run and what and uh you know who's going to design it who's going to call it well it's also going to be dependent upon who's going to be under center as a rookie quarterback and your long-term future solution. I, I that, that that's all going to be interesting. I just I don't know if we're really going to find that out. Maybe you do if it's an offensive mind. You know, if it's a, a young yet to be a head coach, offensive coordinator that you like, maybe we do get kind of a window to what that's going to be. But that's kind of a tough call, I think, the way that it is right now, and certainly going to be a tough call until we find out exactly what they're thinking about doing with that quarterback that they're going to have to pick in the draft in the spring. Yeah, I just think it, it, it's head coach isn't irrelevant to me, it's, it, but it's secondary to, to what offense we're going to run because our offense has been an S show for the past Well, years. let me tell you this. You're on to something here. I said this earlier, and while we'll stay on top of this whole coaching thing, to me, it is more significant what you do in the draft and which quarterback you choose you believe in and what happens there for the long-term future than what happens with this coaching search, for real. Absolutely. I agree. Have a great weekend. Thank you for the call. Anything goes. Maybe a little bit of time coming up after 6 o'clock, getting you set for the last word, right? How much time's on the clock after 6? About 8 minutes. About 8 minutes, says Eddie Garrison, official timekeeper of this show. Anything goes, 239-1070. You're on the air. Who's this? You know who the hell this is, John. You were talking about meat on a bone, so I thought I'd call in. <laughs> hey, first of all, I just want to let you know that Donk is RSVPing for the Alley Cat next Friday, you 3 got- o'clock. Double fisting screwdrivers, dude. He's going to be in rare form. Now, I hate to be the guy that says I told you so, but I'm telling you so, and I'm telling you again, we need to sign Miles to a longer-term thing. And I've been saying that for years. You have not. Years. You have not. That's what I said. You're anti-Miles. You don't know. You don't know. You don't have it for a record. (laughs) You fired the nerd. There's no records left. Now... Shout out to you to Mark, the fired nerd. I love it. Go ahead. I'm guaranteeing (laughs) that the Pacers cover the nine tonight. Guaranteeing. Because that big Serbian I don't think is playing. And if so, Miles is going to have a night. Yeah, Jokic is uh, probable, I believe. Right, Eddie? He was probable, I think, for tonight. Eddie don't know. He don't know. Well, I think Giannis was probable. On Monday, too, and then all of a sudden, poof, he didn't play. So Exactly. Right. And, 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 and that helped him a whole great deal. Anyway, Friday, be ready. Have security, because Donk's going to be fired up. Donk, 
double fist and screwdrivers at the Alley Cat on Friday. I don't know how much better we could sell that show in terms of you being there. I don't know. How much better could we sell that? All right, quick break. We'll come back. I do want to leave some time for you, 239-1070. A little bit of time. Last word coming up here in the 6 o'clock hour. Some more anything goes on the other side. A Friday show in studio, 93.5-1075. The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Coming up, our conversation. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, back in here. Better said next door, B105.7 tomorrow night. It is nothing but the 90s. Actually, the 11 o'clock hour is built for the super sounds of the 70s after 11. But it is going to be the best of the 90s coming up tomorrow night. So if you certainly love music in the 1990s, maybe the 90s would be your wheelhouse. I promise tomorrow night, the all-request show that does what nobody else is allowed to do. Every single Saturday night, I will be playing something more than something that you will love. And what I do is I play the requests. But I am loaded and ready to go tomorrow night. Nothing but the 90s beginning at 6 o'clock. Next door, the JMV Takeovers on B105.7. That is tomorrow night. Again, beginning at 6. It is Anything Goes at 239-1070 right now. You're on the air. Who's this? I'm Scott. Hello, Scott. How you doing? Great, buddy. Go ahead. I would love to see Lamar Jackson in blue and white. Lamar Jackson, I would absolutely disagree because I want to see them draft somebody long-term. Well, Lamar's still young. He's not an old guy. Yeah, I I want them to target somebody that they believe in and draft a quarterback. Well, if we draft somebody, I hope Will Levis is the guy. Well, when you think about it, he may very well be. And again, all this is way, way too early. But if you consider it, well, well, consider this, though, Scott. If they can't get up to get number one, somebody's going to get up to get number one. And let's just say, for the sake of this argument, it is, you know, Bryce Young. And then C.J. Stroud ends up going to Ohio State. Then if the Colts, if the Colts stay at number four, then, you know, there maybe Will Levis is going to end up being the guy there. We can probably get up to number one, but that's going to cost a whole lot. Of well, it's going to cost a whole lot, and there are going to be some other teams that also want to do it that may have a little bit more leverage, a little bit more of a exactly. package to hand out too. Scott, anything else? That's why I think Lamar is a known quantity. Yeah, I don't. I, it seems like you'd have to probably give up a lot more for that than you would to even get up to number one. I would imagine. What do you think, Eddie? What's the what's the comparable package here between Lamar Jackson and then trying to get up to number one? I would probably say a first-round pick and a player could get you Lamar Jackson, depending on the player. Uh, you'd still need a probably two picks, maybe three. And a player. To, you may need a player well, to go to like, one. I don't think so. I uh-huh. think because, I mean, one to four isn't that big of a gap. It's not that big of a no, pushback. Well, but again, Chicago's going to hold this thing hostage. And, and you're going to be uh, you're going to be bidding against <laughs> other teams here. So We're talking like uh, Herschel Walker – Dallas Vikings kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, Scott. Want a lot of picks. Thank you very much for the call. Have a great weekend, Scott. Thank you. You too, Boo. So you think it's going to take much less to get up to number one than it would? I don't think it's going to be as much as people are expecting it to be. A, I could see a first this year, a first next year, and a second of this year. I think that would be 
the asking price. And, and listen, if they like Will Levis, maybe they do. You don't have to do much whatsoever to move up for that. We'll see. Anything goes. Line one at two three nine ten seven. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello. Hello, Hello there. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hey, I agree with your other callers. I love Lamar. I love Derek Carr. I love uh, Jimmy G. Nobody's going to come to us with our old offensive line. And so I guess I agree you draft the quarterback. Maybe Saturday is the man because it's the old line problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got he may, he may, he may very yeah. well be the man for the job because that's who the owner wants as the man for the job here. So You had a quarterback with a noodle arm. I understand that. But, and I understand listening to you over the years, the wide receiver concern. Oh, yeah. But got open. Campbell got open. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm at Kroger picking up my groceries. Uh, Kiss got open. Pittman got open. Everybody got open. That's fine. So just put it in the trunk. Hey, okay. what, do you, what do you got going on there in the background? I'm at Kroger picking up my groceries, JMV. Wait a minute. You don't do your own shopping? I, I did for years and years. About a year ago, I started picking it up, and I love it, buddy. Yeah, kicking and screaming because I I like you know, I like the touch kind of thing. I like being in a, a social setting. You know what I mean? That's why I do, I do. it. Yeah. I do, and I mix I mix it up. But uh, today it was just very convenient, and it worked out nice. But hey, okay. I love your show. There's a caller. I think he's an older man named Tom. He calls into all three shows. Yep. But it is the old line problem. The old line problem. They're overpaid. I don't know if they were injured this year. What was going on? But I don't care if you put in Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana. Nobody wants to play behind that damn O-line. Well, when you, when you drafted, that's not going to – thank you for the call. Have a great weekend. That's not going to be the issue. The other part of the issue is with Lamar Jackson, how much are you going to have to pay that dude long-term? Whereas you draft your rookie quarterback and well, you're, you're off and running at least for whatever that rookie number is. Yeah, for a couple of years running. I, I just I – don't, I, don't, I don't see – I don't see that trading for one feasible. I see that as non-feasible as I saw them, you know, trading for the likes of Sean Payton as the head coach. Plus, that as makes you sense. See, plus, as you see more and more now, JMB, with the NFL and players making it to the Super Bowl, it's a lot of those young quarterbacks on those rookie deals because they're allowed to build the roster around the quarterback because he's on a rookie deal compared to a guy unlike Patrick Mahomes or Matthew Stafford most recently. Uh, where they get a bunch of money and they can't really pay the people around them, but that's why you have guys like Patrick Mahomes. All right, you said you wanted to give the plug to the listing avenues. I see this oh, on Twitter. Yes. Go ahead. Oh yeah, right, you've, go got, ahead, you've got the app. You got us on HD Radio and ninety three WIBC HD two, YouTube, Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live. I, the, the most versatile means in which to watch, listen, participate as anybody out there. Right here with this show. Hey, JMV, the first five years of a rookie contract for the quarterback is the best way to get to the Super Bowl, and yeah, I mean, that's what we were just talking about, Jen. I completely agree with that. Completely. Anything goes. You're on the air. Who's this? Uh, David. Hello, David. Go quick. Okay, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Who do you think? Uh, Bryce Younger. I'm C.J. Stroud. Are you? Yes, I'm C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that's who we're going to end up with. C.J. Stroud. You're going to have to move up to do that. Have a great weekend. Thank you for the call. Shout out to Laney Lou. The sunshine of my life. The sunshine in everybody's life.
I love that. I said, Laney, never, ever lose that. We need more of that. We need more of that sunshiny personality wherever you go. My sunshine is 13 today. Laney Lou, I love you. Love you. Blake T's got one coming up too, man. Talk about that. I'm sure I'll bring that up next week. JMV Takeover tomorrow night is nothing but the 90s beginning at 6. B105.7. I promise you a hellaciously awesome time. Eddie, great job from you. Last word is next. Pacers, Nuggets later on tonight. Have a great weekend. 93.5107. Find the fan.